Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The video looks phenomenal. See, this difference between Black Star Network and Black-owned media and something like CNN. You can't be Black-owned media and be skate. It's time to be smart. Bring your eyeballs home. You dig? November 4th, 2022, Roland Martin Unfiltered, streaming live on the Black Shirt Network, broadcasting from This Is It Cafe here in Third Ward, Houston. 
Uh, we are here with the Communication Workers of America also talking with folks to get out the vote. This is the last day to vote early uh, in Texas. We'll be talking to a number of uh, local and county officials uh, talking about this election. It is just, folks, four days away. Huge implications uh, for African Americans. We'll be breaking this thing down. Some 36 million people have already voted early all across the country. And so we'll be talking uh, about that. Uh, also on today's also on today's show, uh, we'll be uh, addressing uh, uh, Pennsylvania. Some folks there are wondering why are police officers questioning? Why are they questioning uh, folks about voting? We'll tell you about that. Also, the October jobs report is out. More jobs are being added. Why do people keep saying the economy is so awful? Yet we continue to see jobs being added in the country. Plus, MSNBC uh, terminates a Tiffany Cross, or they don't re- don't sign her to a new contract. Her show is over. I got a couple of words to say about that. It is time to bring the funk on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Let's go. He's got it. Whatever the miss, he's on it. Whatever it is, he's got the scoop, the fact, the fine. And when it breaks, he's right on time. And it's rolling. Best believe he's knowing. Putting it down from sports to news to politics. With entertainment just for kicks, he's rolling. All right, folks, Roland Martin here. We're broadcasting from This Is It Cafe in Houston, Texas. Today's the last day of early voting in the state of Texas. And so uh, we'll be chatting with a number of folks who will be coming through here, elected officials and others, about uh, the importance of this election, of course, which is four days away. Uh, one of the big issues that are being discussed, of course, is the economy, inflation. Also, uh, the economic report, a uh, new report comes out, 261,000 jobs added last month in the United States. Unemployment rate is at 3 But what do the numbers show for African-Americans? Joining us right now is Dr. Patrick Mason, professor of economics at the University of Massachusetts at Amherst. Uh, He joins us now. Glad to have you here. So, Doc, when we look at these numbers here, uh, folks talk about uh, this, uh, talk about, you know, moving towards a recession or how bad the economy is. Yet the jobs report numbers uh, don't reflect that. And so, you know, explain sort of this, um, you know, good news, bad news when it comes to our economy. Well, the good news is that, you know, a large number of jobs were created, but we could probably use even a higher number of uh, jobs when it comes to African-Americans and getting our uh, unemployment numbers down. So some people have concentrated a lot on inflation and you know, for them, that's their measure of how the economy is doing. But I always thought that the amount of joblessness is a better measure of how the economy is doing. I mean, if you if you have a job and prices are high, you can still afford something. If you don't have a job and prices are low, you can't afford anything. 
Uh, well, uh, that's actually absolutely a good point. Uh, now, what do the numbers show when it comes to black men and black women? Uh, were, were they participating or dropping out of the labor force in the last month? Yeah, the, the, so the, the unemployment rate for black men went down, but it went down for the wrong reason. You only counted as unemployed if, if two things are true. Number one, you do not have a job and, and you're willing and, and able to work uh, is, is the second thing. So if you don't have a job, but let's say you were looking for a job for the last, you know, for, for six months and then 30 days ago you stopped looking, you're no longer counted as unemployed. You're, you're counted as not in the labor force. So the black male unemployment rate went down because uh, a large number of black men uh, moved out of the labor force. If you go out of the labor force, then, then the unemployment numbers will go down. Uh, for black women, there was some increase in unemployment because more moved into the labor force. There were more women uh, uh, looking for employment, but they weren't able to find jobs. I think a better number to look at if you really want to gauge joblessness is the employment to population ratio. That's the total number of people who have a job who are working either full-time or part-time divided by, you know, the population that's, that's look as available for work. It's basically a measure of the probability of having a job. And that number for black men tipped tip down slightly while for black women it re remained constant. So that means that even though jobs were created, it wasn't enough jobs to uh, deal with the problem of joblessness uh, among African-Americans. Now, uh, again, all the conversation and people are talking about the is this issue of inflation. And one of the things that I frankly think that the White House is not doing enough is laying out that part of that the significant part of this is because of corporate greed. Uh, they are constantly raising the prices, even though their costs are being covered and they're reporting record profits. That's that. I mean, that's why we're at this point. Uh, a big reason why we're having inflation. I mean, just and they just continue to raise prices, and they're just making money hand over fist. And there's nothing any politician can do about that. Well, there's something that could be done. I mean, you could tax away some of those excess profits, but uh, I guess what can be done and what will what what will be done maybe are two different things. But in terms of dealing with inflation, that's the. Um, you know, that's one of the reasons for the inflation that I don't think we've focused on enough. So you hear narratives about, you know, the uh, the uh, assistance that people receive during, you know, the height of the COVID pandemic. Well, it was too much money in the economy. It wasn't too much for money for people who weren't able to work. So that narrative has received a lot more attention than looking at corporate greed, looking at you know, specific sectors where prices have been rising quite rapidly. And and I think we need to take uh, a better account of that because I don't know if the Fed's strategy for dealing with inflation is to raise interest rates and eventually induce a recession. That may not necessarily uh, impact companies who are being greedy and just raising their prices because they can Doc, can you explain that? I, I mean, Larry Summers has talked about that. Explain how inducing a recession 
actually helps the economy. I mean, he at one point, he even said that we need a higher unemployment rate. Um, tell that to people who don't have a job. <laughs> uh, well, maybe in his neighborhood, a higher unemployment rate wouldn't be a problem. He comes from a very elite neighborhood. Um, the, the idea is that when you raise interest rates, you make the cost of borrowing money more expensive. And because you're making the cost of borrowing money more expensive, you, in effect, increase the price of everything for which you have to borrow money. So that if you make raise interest rates, you make housing more expensive, and therefore fewer homes will be sold. People tend to buy automobiles uh, by bar borrowing money. So if you raise interest rates, you make the price, you know, the cost of purchasing car more expensive. Uh, refrigerators, furniture, uh, attending college. All of those things, everything that depends on borrowing money becomes more expensive when you raise the interest rate and people will do less, you know, make, make fewer purchases. In turn, those industries will uh, then begin to lay off people. And as they lay off people, that will cycle through the, through the economy because now those people will buy less of everything because they don't have any money. So that tried and true way of reducing inflation, run up interest rates, keep running up interest rates, and eventually to reduce the volume of spending. But that's just another way of saying people will be laid off and you'll have unemployment, we'll have a recession, and that will bring down inflation. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, uh, again, I, I just don't think it makes any sense whatsoever uh, to folks to be encouraging a recession to uh, to deal with inflation. But uh, that, that's I guess uh, they're supposed to be so smart. Dr. Patrick, Dr. Patrick Mason, uh, you, you want to make a point? Go ahead. Yeah. When it comes to inflation or bringing and high interest rates, whether or not it's a good or bad idea, bad idea, in part depends on who you are. I mean, so think about it from the perspective of lenders, creditors out there. So somebody might have an interest rate before, I mean, a, a mortgage on the interest, uh, interest rate on their mortgage from before COVID at, let's say, 3% or 4%. Well, right now, with inflation running 6 7 8%, you have an interest rate that's higher than the uh, rate on the mortgage. Banks don't like that. In effect they're paying the borrower interest to borrow money so that they want uh, a higher interest rates and lower inflation because it makes them better off. But for people who are net debtors, inflation actually makes them better off. So what's left out of the conversation is usually uh, all the pluses and minuses of a higher interest rate or a higher rate of inflation you know, it's usually discussed from the perspective of the banking community or from perspective of people who are quite comfortable and not worried about losing their jobs. All right, then. Dr. Patrick Mason, uh, University of Massachusetts Amherst. We certainly appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, thanks a bunch. for to be my panel tonight. Michael Imhotep, host of the African History Network show, Matt Manning, civil rights attorney, also Nola Haynes. Uh, PhD, Georgetown University uh, School of Foreign Surface. Uh, glad to have all three of you here. Uh, Michael, again, uh, e economics, the economy is the fundamental issue that's at the top of all polls. 
when you look at what what voters actually care about. Uh, and for the life of me, I don't understand why Democrats have not been going a lot harder at corporations uh, for jacking up the profits. You know, look, I'm here in Houston. In the last quarter, oil companies made one a one hundred billion dollar profit. Uh, in the last three months uh, as a result of uh, jacked-up oil prices. Uh, when you look at food, when you look at a number of different companies, I mean, these CEOs are on these earnings calls talking about how they're making mo- far more money and how they're buying their stock back and uh, re- rewarding their shareholders and screwing the customers. Uh, and, so the, and so, again, uh, Democrats are getting the hit for this, but they're not explaining to people why inflation uh, is so high. Absolutely, Roland. This goes back to a conversation you and I had last Friday on the show. And you said at this point in the uh, election season, it's about turnout. And I said, no, it's about messaging and turnout. You have to explain to people why they're voting, what they're voting for, and and, and explain what is going on right now. Because Republicans like Kevin McCarthy and and, and, um, um, Republican uh, uh, senator from Utah, Mike Lee, they're on Fox News lying, saying that uh, inflation is because of Joe Biden, it's because of the stimulus checks, things like this. No, 54 percent. Katie Porter has been one of the loudest most vocal people on this, Representative Katie Porter of California. 54% of inflationary costs is because of corporate greed. And Republicans are not talking about that for the most part at all. One. Two, they have no policies to actually address inflation. When it came time to vote for the Inflation Reduction Act, every Republican in the House and the Senate voted against the bill, voted against helping people save money on prescription drugs, on energy costs, things like this. And um, I want people to really go way back in time to 2017 and 2018. I know it seems like 100 years ago. This was the last time Republicans controlled the House and the Senate, the first two years of the Trump administration. There were three government shutdowns in two years with with, with these idiots running the government because Republicans are not good for the economy. Lastly, Roland, I'll leave it with this. I talk about this document. I want people to read this. This is uh, the Biden-Harris administration advances equity and opportunity for black Americans and communities across the country. It was updated uh, in June of 2019. uh, Sorry, June 2022. It was updated. This walks you through step-by-step, policy-by-policy, how the policies of the Biden-Harris administration have been beneficial for the African-American community and helped the economy as well, okay? And and so this is, a, this is the most Got crucial it. midterm election probably in the last 100 years. Got it. Uh, let me go to, uh, let me go to um, Matt here. Uh, Matt, uh, again, when you talk about this jobs report, when you talk about how well that is going, uh, and, and also when you talk about uh, really the type of spending that has happened over the past couple of years uh, that's actually made folks' uh, lives better. Again, if, if, if you're going to sit here and do well, you kind of got to tell people what you've actually done. And, and I think what President Biden has done, unfortunately, done the exact same thing President Obama did, just assume people are going to actually know what, the, what, they, what they did. No, you must toot your own horn. Use that bully pulpit right. to explain to people how you made their lives better, how you've also been very pro-union, and also people are taking advantage of that, how you are uh, going after trying to increase wages as well. You kind of got to tell your story or otherwise— someone else would define you in their own way. 
Mm -hmm. I think you're exactly right, Roland. And in addition to telling your own story, to, to borrow Michael's term, it's about messaging and not only your positive messaging about what you've done, but also uh, counteracting the disinformation. As we know right now, the Republicans are beating the drum of crime and inflation, crime and inflation, crime and inflation. And I think it's important for Democrats and for the Biden-Harris administration, to Michael's point, to walk people through all of the wins and all the ways that they've made people's lives better and all of the disinformation that they're confronting, because that's the problem. Conversations right now are being co-opted. They're being co-opted by the loudest voices, which happen to be Republican voices trying to scare people. A lot of what they're saying, if not all of it, is dishonest and is untrue. And I think the Democrats have not done a good job of counteracting that with not only the truth, but the good things that they've done for the economy. So I think that's exactly what they need to do in this continued push to uh, Tuesday. And they need to let people know, look, what you're hearing is lies. This is what we've actually done. And that's it. I mean, it's that simple. Nola? Um, so I agree with the bulk of what everyone's saying. And I, I first, I have to say that these are, you know, my views and opinions, and I'm not speaking on behalf of the United States government, particularly the State Department. With that said, I do believe that when we talk about it being a messaging problem, part of the messaging problem is people are going to the store and they're seeing, you know, that their basic needs are, in fact, higher. So it's easy for the moralist party to say it's the Biden-Harris administration's fault you know, with and people are not really wanting to hear um, the reasons why that is a lie. And so, you know, because the because, you know, the Biden Harris uh, administration and largely a lot of uh, uh, Democrat administrations are policy heavy and it's about the policy, you know, to refute the lies, to refute the bombast at the end of the day. People don't want to hear the policy. They, they, it's easier for someone to wrap their head around. Well, you know what? The chicken was, you know, three ninety-seven a pound, you know, a few months ago, and now it's literally like nine ninety-seven yep. a pound, and it must be the government's fault. And so, the last thing I'll say about that, you know, rolling yep. to your point about um, these large companies, I think a lot of our antitrust laws need to be revisited, because I completely agree with you. If there's an opportunity to increase um, to, to, to increase your bottom line, you're going to do it at anyone's expense. You know, what? no one gets to be a billionaire uh, many times over by being a nice person. So I think that a lot of this goes to the way in which our country, you know, for economic reasons, will will favor the big corporations who, you know, provide 70 percent of, you know, the revenue into the larger economy. So that's the problem. The 30-70 split, that's the problem. It's been the problem. And that's where the fix needs yeah. to lie. All right, hold tight one second, folks. Got to go to break. When we come back. We're going to talk with uh, some uh, folks here in Houston. Uh, last day of early voting here. Critical elections taking place on Tuesday. And so we'll talk with uh, county uh, and state leaders here uh, in Houston. You're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. Download the Black Star Network app available on all platforms Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. You can also, of course, uh, support our Bring the Funk fan club. Uh, Check and money orders go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Uh, cash app, dollar sign, RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. We'll be right back.
When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. It's time to know your rights. If someone is questioning your right to vote, call or text 1-866-OUR-VOTE. For more information, call or text 1-866-OUR-VOTE. We've got to stand up. Republicans are banning abortion rights, tearing down democracy, blocking progress. But when Democrats stand together, we win. Because we voted, Democrats stood up for black lives, voting to ban police chokeholds, stood up for black women, putting one on the Supreme Court, stood up for our families, lowering cost of health care and prescriptions and capping insulin, and stood up for millions by slashing student debt. This November, let's stand up together and keep making progress. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. Of Adendorf Laboratories. In America, our freedom of speech and the right to peacefully protest is a wonderful thing, but faith without works is dead. Will you take souls to the polls? If you don't vote, all of your activities were done in vain. I am an ordained minister, a presiding elder in the AME Zion Church, a wife, a mother. I am spending my time and my resources to encourage you to vote. Paid for by Adendorf Laboratories. Hi, y'all doing? It's your favorite funny girl, Amanda Seals. Hi, I'm Anthony Brown from Anthony Brown and Group Therapy. You're up, Lana Well, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. All right, folks, welcome back. Uh, we're at This Is It Cafe here in Houston. Uh, today's the last day of early voting in Texas. I'm certainly glad to be here. We were, last night we were in, uh, in uh, Arlington, Texas, uh, there with the folks uh, in Tarrant County, Deborah Peoples uh, and others. Uh, she is running for uh, Tarrant County judge, uh, trying to uh, make history there. Uh, and joining us right now is somebody who made history in the last election, uh, Lena Hidalgo. Is, she is the uh, judge here in Harris County, uh, which uh, folks need to understand is as big as a whole bunch of other states in this country uh but uh how you doing i'm great i'm i'm in the thick of it with the election uh indeed indeed and so it has been uh, uh certainly a uh wow four years if you will but also uh dealing with uh a republican governor in this state who's trying to do everything they can to stop the progression uh, of progressives here in this county Absolutely. Look, Harris County, you said it. It's, it's larger than a lot of states. We're about the size of Louisiana in population, square miles the size of Rhode Island. So we'd be the 25th largest state. Now, the state for 30 years has been controlled by Republicans as the Republicans have gone farther and farther to the right. Harris County, as well as you well know, had been controlled by Republicans for a generation. I ran for office in 2018, you know, one of the women that, that thought, if Donald Trump can win, so can I. And I didn't even have a primary opponent. That's how much people didn't think that Harris County leadership could change. Well, we won. And in the past few years, it's not just been dealing with floods and fires and the pandemic and the winter freeze, um, but also giving a voice to folks who didn't have a voice under this far-right leadership. So we're giving a voice to people who care about voting rights. We're giving a voice to people as we reduce homelessness, as we invest in early childhood education, as we invest in small businesses mm -hmm. and environmental protection. Um, you name it. And what the Republicans are trying to do is stop that progress 
on some level, I think because they're scared. They're scared to leave that power behind and they're scared to see responsive, transparent government that's really bringing our communities in where in the past we didn't have representation. And that reflects potentially the future of this state. So it's a very tough, tough election we're facing, but we're fighting for the people and for the continued changes. Oh, but, well, you also hear them talk about how they believe in local control. Uh, well, uh, but you have them literally uh, sending election monitors into uh, into Harris County. Uh, you and others, the mayor, uh, I know uh, Commissioner Rodney Ellis and others, they, try, they asked the federal government to send monitors here. Have y'all heard back from the Department of Justice? Yeah, so that one, you know, the 2020 election happened in September 23rd, 2021. Uh, former President Donald Trump, he put out a, a statement and he... You don't have to call him former president of my show. <laughs> I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't, trust me, I, I, I don't even use that. I just call him the orange dude. I don't All even, right. trust me. I, you wouldn't, you, look, when I first met him in, in, the, in the White House, when he met with television, because I, I stood there and I was like, damn, I, I was trying to figure out what I was going to call him. And it was, do you say Mr. President? You said Mr. Trump? No, when he walked up, put his hand. I went hi. <laughs> That's all he got. I didn't give anything else. I, so, I don't yeah. know that much more was deserved. But go. anyway, he called in 2021 for an audit of Harris County's 2020 elections. Within eight hours, Governor Greg Abbott had ordered an audit of Harris County 2020 elections. Now, if folks will remember, 2020 elections in Harris County, we had drive-through voting. We had 24-hour voting. We had the largest turnout in a generation. Because we were also dealing with COVID. Okay, right. And it was but it was so beautiful to have people. We had a voting location. Right. The, the, the idea of expanding voting. Wow. Right. What a shocker. What a shocker, right? We were the ones that the governor tried to... To, to have us have just one drop-off location in the entire county. In the entire county. So anyway, that audit went forward, and then recently the audit results are finally out, and now the state is saying that based on this 2020 audit, then now they have to send election monitors. So what we did with Commissioner Ellis, uh, with Mayor Turner, is we said, uh, and with with uh, Christian Menifee, our county attorney, is we asked the Department of Justice to send monitors to monitor these folks right. because at best they will delay our count, and at worst, they might try to interfere. And uh, we've actually sent questions to the state to say, hey, what's this about? And they answered one of the questions, the other one, they said, well, take it up with the attorney general. So we did hear back. I'm sorry, you mean the indicted attorney general? Correct. Gotcha, okay. Correct. Gotcha. So, so the uh, Department of Justice did respond. They're on standby, and I hope it doesn't get to that. I hope it doesn't get to that. But I think the other side thinks they're going to intimidate us. I think they think that they can pander at will. I'll tell you, I'm running against an opponent who is a Harvard graduate. It took her until October 17th of 2022, almost two years, to finally admit that Donald Trump lost the 2020 elections. And you have well, first to First of all, I make no assumption that anybody went to Harvard is smart. <laughs> well, I'm a Harvard dropout, so we're good. There you go. Um, See, there you go. But look. The Harris County Commissioner's Court, and this is the case in many counties around the country. There was news about this in New Mexico, in a county in New Mexico recently. The, the county government is in charge of certifying the results of the election in the county, like what happened, what led to January 6th. Yep. 
In Harris County, we've always done that as a routine process. I don't even remember it having happened in 19 and 20. It happened, but it was so routine. We just went, we voted, and we moved on. Right. In 2021, it wasn't even 2020, one of my Republican colleagues refused to certify the votes in Harris County. My opponent hasn't said she's going to do that yet. And so Republicans are trying to out far right one another, out Trump one another. And we're not just saying we're going to make things better. We we are making them better. Crime is down. Homelessness is down. Economic job growth is up. Um, these major investments on issues that really matter. I tell the community, you may, some folks say you, you see Lena Hidalgo's policies come through the door before you see her, because I'm not out there giving out turkeys. I'm out there making a difference, and that's what scares them. And so what we need to do right now, we were a little afraid the turnout was looking like a little below 2018 turnout. It's catching up. And, and look, we talk about this. It's serious issues, democracy in my mind, at the heart of all of it. Mm -hmm. And people need to vote. People need to vote. Obviously, I'm on the ballot. I want them to vote a certain way. But frankly, I just want people to participate. And so for everyone who's listening, if you're in Harris County, participate. We have early voting until today at 7 p.m. and then Tuesday's Election Day. Right. Uh, everywhere in the nation it is Election Day. And we need people to come out and make their voices heard because democracy literally depends on it. We cannot allow this type of extremism and pandering to win. I spent a lot of time on my show trying to walk my viewers and listeners through because we also podcast the show. I've got commentaries on iHeartRadio's Black Information Network. And, and I spent a lot of time saying, folks, you cannot ignore the down-ballot races. There's so much attention, obviously, on president, on U.S. Senate, on House members and governors. Uh, but people are more, far more impacted by what happens on the county level and the city level as well. Uh, and we're talking about billions of dollars. We're talking about roads. We're talking about, uh, yeah, public safety. We're talking about transportation, all of those different things. Uh, and, and, and what I'm also trying to explain to them, the point that you made about the elections, these MAGA folks want control of the election apparatus. Steve Bannon has said all votes should not count. They've actually, they've been clear that they, they want to shrink the number of people because they say if they know, if they shrink it, they got a better chance at trying to uh, win or steal elections as opposed to expanding it. And they've been on record. If we expand the electorate, we lose. Yeah. And that's and that's is, is trying to get that through the, 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 you know, the just the everyday person to understand that this is that serious, because what we saw on January 6th was the precursor. This is to me the second quarter 2024 for them is the fourth quarter. That's right. And I think part of it is, is, is one silver lining of the pandemic is that we recognize the importance of local government is who was in charge of your public health response. Was it someone that was comfortable pandering to the anti-vaccine conspiracy theories? And, and, or, and mask haters. And the mask haters. Or was it someone that understood we need to do what's best for everyone? Who was in charge of the elections apparatus, to your point? Criminal justice. I mean, look, crime has gone up all around the nation based on COVID. And 
It would be very easy to just say, let's repeat the tough on crime, lock everyone up policies of the 80s and 90s. But we can't do that. We know you, where you, that you, sends You us. hear that, A. Young? You, you can't do that. <laughs> no. And, 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 and that's part of, you know, you can actually tackle this. And we are. We're reducing violent crime by doing things differently in a way that works, that doesn't lead us to incarcerate more people than China. And, of course, the people that are incarcerated are mostly black and brown people, mm -hmm. as we know. So we don't need to forget get George Floyd in order to tackle the crime wave. And all of that is determined at the local level. Look, the my pillow guy, and he came after me, and there's one thing he said that I agree with him on. He had a hundred thousand dollar a table fundraiser against me. And he said, as goes Harris County, so goes Texas. As goes Texas, so goes the nation. That's why he came here to Harris County to do that. He's not from here. Um, but you know, we are seeing over ten million dollars being poured into this local race against wow. me. And I want some folks to know something else. Your local elected officials, figure out the way the financial contributions work. In Harris County and in most counties and cities around the nation, the local elected officials are allowed to take contributions from people who do business with the county or with the city. It's allowed. It happens here. Eighty percent of the contributions are from contractors that the, that the government then turns around and hands them a contract. I felt that was icky. I'm not one that has gone around and kissed the ring. I'm my own person and I represent the community. And so I said, I'm not going to participate in that. I'm not taking any contributions from people who do business with the county because it just doesn't feel right. It might be allowed, but mm -hmm. doesn't feel right. I heard of a mayor uh, in a city in Texas, in Edinburgh, he said he's going to take my same pledge. I'm hoping as people pay more attention to these races that we can also clean up the way that works because I think ultimately it'll, it'll lead to better governance. But look, there we're, we're hoping for the future. Right now, it's about this election. It's about mm -hmm. democracy, about policies that work. It's about truth. It's about truth. Um, you know, it, it's too easy for people to go and exaggerate and make things up. Uh, and it just is not right. And it's incumbent on leaders to not allow that to happen. But leaders are going to go where the votes are at. And that's why the votes need to be with the truth, um, with tolerance, with participation. We cannot take this election for granted. Well, I just finished uh, reading the New York Times piece that was this week where they were talking about Fort Bend County. Uh, and folks there are not happy that is becoming a brown county. Uh, and the thing about that article that jumped out, they said, we wish we could build a wall between Harris County uh, and Fort Bend County. Literally, they said that in the article. Uh, and, and But what the article also said, that I keep telling people, the article said that white voters are the minority in Texas. Mm -hmm. Latinos, African Americans, and Asians are the majority. Yet white voters make up 60% of all votes cast. And so what has to happen, uh, African Americans, Latinos, and Asians must be voting and maximizing their numbers. They must be voting at 70, 75, 80% uh, to offset that. Uh, because it, what I keep telling people, it doesn't matter if you, if you have numerically the numbers as the majority, if you're not voting as a majority, it's it's irrelevant. That's where the power comes from. That's right. Uh, absolutely right. Absolutely right. And they're counting on us not participating. The draft bills on the voter suppression law in Texas, one of them was starting voting much later on Sundays to stop souls to the polls. Now, you know, the, the voting in Texas starts at 11 on Sundays, but you can't bring more than six people to the voting location without signing an attestation that might lead to criminal prosecution. Um, and so we it, it's harder. OK, but it was never going to be easy right. to change a state as large as this one. 
one. And yes, we need to make sure that we all participate. All right, Judge Hidalgo, we certainly appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. Uh, keep swinging. I'm registered in Dallas County. I'm still there, uh, but my house is there. Uh, but uh, oh, come but, on, but, up, but your home is here. No, I'm, I'm from here, but you know, <laughs> but, I, but I still own the house there, and it's paid off. Ah. Uh, and my and, and mom and daddy live in it, so you know. Uh, but it's all good. But I do have I have enough relatives in Houston. Trust me, uh, four or five hundred here. So as a, I, we got lots of votes in my family here here in Harris County. Good. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> I appreciate on. it. Vote, vote, vote. All right. Thanks so much. Good luck. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, folks. Uh, I'm gonna uh, take a quick break. We come back. We're gonna talk with uh, Ron Reynolds. Uh, he, of course, leads the the Black Hawkers here uh, in Texas. He also he also an alpha man. He's a good man as well. We'll also talk with Communication Workers of America and others uh, here from This Is It Cafe, folks. If y'all are watching you from H Town, come on by. Uh, y'all can come take the take the show out, take a selfie. Uh, it'll be good to see you. We'll be back right here on Roland Martin Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Exercise your right to vote. If the lines are long or you're getting turned away, call or text 1-866-OUR-VOTE. For more information, call or text 1-866-OUR-VOTE. We've got to stand up. Republicans are banning abortion rights, tearing down democracy, blocking progress. But when Democrats stand together, we win. Because we voted, Democrats stood up for black lives, voting to ban police chokeholds, stood up for black women, putting one on the Supreme Court, stood up for our families, lowering cost of health care and prescriptions and capping insulin, and stood up for millions by slashing student debt. This November, let's stand up together and keep making progress. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe. We all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. I am Letitia Hill Gadet, owner of Adendorf Laboratories. In America, our freedom of speech and the right to peacefully protest is a wonderful thing, but faith without works is dead. Will you take souls to the polls? If you don't vote, all of your activities were done in vain. I am an ordained minister, a presiding elder in the AME Zion Church, a wife, a mother. I am spending my time and my resources to encourage you to vote. Paid for by Adendorf Laboratories. Hi, I'm Vivian Green. Hi, I'm Wendell Pierce, actor and author of The Wind in the Reeds. Hey, yo, Peace World, what's going on? It's the Love King of R&B, Raheem Devon, and you're watching Roland Martin, Unfiltered. All right, folks, Roland Martin here back uh, at This Is It Cafe here in Houston, Texas. Glad to be here. Black women are playing a crucial role uh, in this election, uh, turning out in significant numbers. Joining us right now is Holly Holliday. She's the president of Sisters Lead, uh, Sisters Vote. Uh, here to talk about the power of uh, black women voting. Holly, glad to have you here. Uh, you all have been out there all around the country. What are you seeing? What are you hearing? Are you seeing black women uh, focused and motivated to turn out in this year's election? Absolutely. Not only are black women focused and motivated to turn out in the election, they are getting other people to turn out in this election. Um, in many places, especially across the South, we're seeing record levels of turnout. Um, we're getting reports that black men and women are turning out above their vote percentage, which is excellent. Um, and we want to see more of it. Um, we're not done yet. 
Um, I like to say I'm looking at the early vote totals and not the polls because that's really where we're seeing a big push. Um, now, there are some places where we need to do a little bit better. So we need to encourage folks to be getting out to vote and doing all the things. Um, but certainly right now we're encouraged. Um, in terms of, obviously, you've got some critical races. You've got uh, Congresswoman Val Demings, who's running in Florida. You've got uh, Sherry Beasley in North Carolina. Uh, and again, so the opportunity to put an African-American woman in the United States Senate is certainly uh, one of your priorities. Absolutely one of our priorities, but not just in the Senate. Listen, you may not know this, Roland, but we actually have black women running in 44 states across the country. We are seeing black women on the ballot at every level of government from U.S. Senate to precinct leader. And so the opportunity um, to better our representation and to get uh, more voices speaking on our values and our issues is almost unlimited. Uh, so we have an opportunity to not just be quality voters, which we are, but to be leaders in our community. Uh, and obviously, uh, early voting is ending in many places, and so it's going to be a big push on, on Tuesday. Uh, what are y'all doing? Are y'all phone banking? What, what, what kind of things are happening uh, between now and Election Day? Yep. Well, we know, for instance, in Georgia, early vote ended today, but in lots of places, we still have early vote opportunities over the weekend. So we are phone banking. We are strolling to the poll. We're taking souls to the polls. We are marching to the polls. Uh, in a few places, we're going to be at your homecoming activities. Uh, we are canvassing. Um, a lot of new mail, a couple of mail pieces will be dropping this weekend. We are phone banking. We are text banking. We are shouting from the streets. We are standing on street corners. We've bought billboards. We've got digital ads. We've got all the things going because we want to make sure um, in one of the most consequential elections of our lifetime that no stone is left unturned. All right, then. Holly Holiday, president of uh, Sisters Lee, Sisters Vote. We surely appreciate you joining us. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much. Folks joining us right now. He's Representative Ron Reynolds. He leads the Texas, Texas Legislative Black Caucus. Ron, how you doing? Hey, Fred, it's good to be back on your show. The last time I was on your show, we had fled from here in Houston <laughs> to go to D.C. Uh, as refugees for the quorum break. So it's good to be back here uh, with you on the set, Fred. Well, of course, dealing with uh, a, a, a wild bunch there uh, in Austin. Uh, you heard me just talk with uh, County Judge Hidalgo, and the reality is uh, – they are, they are still angry that they've been losing. Uh, they changed the law in this state, getting rid of uh, straight ticket uh, voting under this guise of, oh, no, we want everyone to think about every single one of those races. Knowing full well, for the longest, they benefited from straight Absolutely. ticket voting. Uh, but when they started losing in Harris County and Dallas County, that's when those things begin to change. In, in fact, Frat, it was the 19 black women that worn right here in Harris County, yeah, that came, black I girl came, magic. I came, I came they, here. They said, hell no. With them. And guess what? The lieutenant governor's son, Ryan Patrick, was one of the judges that got swept out in Harris County. And he said, oh, no, no, no. We, we, we're not going to have no more of that. So they instituted the end of straight ticket voting. And and that's so one of the things that, again, as I walk our audience through to understand uh, the depths at which they are going in order to try to control these elections. Uh, it is it is not just Washington, D.C. It's not just on the state level. It is absolutely uh, all the way down uh, to the local level. That's what the strategy is. Absolutely. And you, you referenced some. I have to piggyback on it with, with Judge Hidalgo. You represent, represented the reference, the, the article from the New York Times about 
the change in tide or demographics in Fort Bend. Mm -hmm. I'm the first African-American elected state representative since Reconstruction in Fort Bend County. Fort Bend County was one of the counties that had whites-only primaries until the 1950s, Roland. They had whites-only primaries. There are many in this state government, in this state under the MAGA movement that want to take us back. They want to take us back to those Jim Crow days, not with bubbles in the bar of soap, not with poll taxes and literacy tests, but voter suppression, keeping black and brown folks from voting. Senate Bill 1 has done more damage since the Voting Rights Act was passed to limit people of color from voting. And it is doing exactly what they did. They wanted to suppress black and brown folks. Black and brown people make up the majority of this state. There are more black Texans than any other place in the country, more black folks in this state. And so they're afraid of those changing demographics. All of these black and brown and Asian folks voting Democrat, hell no. We want to go back to those dark days of Jim Crow, voter suppression 2.0. One of the things that I that I, I keep seeing has to happen, and, and I just I just finally said uh, enough is enough, and I've said it on my show, and, 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 and this is going to be so Democrats get prepared for the next two years. I have been telling my audience I don't want them sending any money, and I, and I know your elected officials may not want to hear this. Uh, I said, I don't want them sending any money to candidates or to parties. It should be going to third-party groups like Black Voters Matter that put the money on the ground to turn our people out. Because part of the problem here, because we had to be at the, uh, the polling uh, from Terrence Woodbury earlier this week from Hit Strategies, that a number of black surge voters from 2020 said once the election was over, they, know, they never heard from anybody. And I said, we must have a 365-day strategy where we are keeping our people apprised of policies that are going on, touching them, informing them, and see, and not trying to restart something when the election uh, comes around. And unfortunately, if we're waiting on the Democratic National Committee, uh, the DCCC, DSCC, and I've said it before, those are white strategists who are controlling those dollars, and we're giving money to them and then begging for the money to come back to us. And I'm saying, enough is enough. Let's send it to third party groups who are going to put that money in black communities. Fred, I'm not going to disagree with that the principle of that. I think that far too often many of these groups take us for granted, us being black folks. I've talked to Bishop Dixon and, and, and Claude Cummins and others about making sure that we have an apparatus that works around the clock to engage the black community. We cannot be an afterthought. We cannot be, oh, elections around, let's go back to the black community. We have to be at the forefront because we're the foundation. We're the bedrock of the Democratic Party. And we're sick and tired of being sick and tired of being taken for granted. So we do need more organizations like Black Voters Matter. And that's why I was happy to greet Cliff uh, when he came here for the bus about two weeks ago at Houston, he a, a great asset. But what it's not a either or, it's both and. I think we need to strengthen the Democratic Party. We need to make sure that more African Americans are there in decision making. And that is why many of us, including Carole Robinson, the chair of the Texas Coalition of Black Democrats, demanded that the state party get an African American. We were able to get uh, a brother there, Jamar Brown. So we but, need but, more. But, 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 us, but even, even when we have folks who are in those positions, they still don't necessarily have power. Well, we, we got to change I mean, that. I, I, my whole deal is, this is what it boils down to, who controls the money? Yes. Okay? Yes. And so I've, I've dealt with folks, uh, DCCC, yeah. DSCC, yeah. DGA, all of them. And again, they got black folks there, but still who is controlling the money? Even in a lot of these campaigns. Even in these campaigns where you have black Senate candidates. Right. Uh, it's been hard as hell uh, pulling out dollars targeting black people. 
I'm, I'm just simply saying that what has to happen between now and two th- and once once we get past Tuesday. Sure. And I know for a fact right now that there are a group of black men who are preparing to send a scathing letter to all of those Democratic constituencies, making it clear that they better have a black male strategy uh, as it. well and actually fund it. We talked about that. Bishop Dixon will tell you we had a, a group call for black men with Beto and faith-based leaders because far too often, and I love our sisters, but they're leading the pack. Black men have been left out, left out of that conversation. So we do need to do that. We need to do a full autopsy on what is right and what is wrong. And unfortunately, many of our brothers have been left out, and we got to pull them up. We can't let, let them hang in, in the wings. We have to do that. So I agree. We need to do a full autopsy, and we need tangible solutions going forward. I'm, I hope that we great do great on November 8th, but... I want us to do a, a full autopsy in terms of what did we what go wrong? How can we improve? What can we do better from all the way from Biden uh, all the way down at the local level? We, we need systemic change. We cannot continue to have disparities within our own party. And that is why it takes conversations like this and demanding. We're not going to say, hey, right. can you get us? No, we're demanding. Is it? Representative Reynolds, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you, Brad. Good to see you. Uh, Noel, I want to start with you. That particular point that we were just making about having an infrastructure of that that exists beyond the election. And, look, I've been saying this for years, that the election is the end of one process and the beginning of another. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do, too. 
So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Nola, you on mute. My hit bad, y'all, my bad. Nola, hit the dog on button. You on mute. Lord have mercy. Go ahead. All right, all right. My bad, you knew all these folks need to learn how to use. You knew all these folks need to learn how to use your computer. Instagram and I didn't want to interrupt your little conversation. Okay, that's what happened. Why you are you ready? on Instagram in the middle of the show? You were busy. I'm multitasked. That's what black women do. Can I? Can I answer the question? No, make your comment, please. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, you can answer the question black later. Women. Go ahead. Speaking of black women, the whole time I'm listening to y'all little conversation, I'm thinking about higher heights, and I'm thinking about how they have engagement yearly around the clock. We are always thinking about, you know, women to advance, to run for office. It is always engagement, you know, from Sunday brunches to always talking about, you know, going out there and talking about the organization and also lifting up the voices of women who are running around the country. And so I completely agree. I love the infrastructure. I love the engagement. It doesn't feel like you're just knocking on my door because you need something. It actually feels like I'm a part of something and it feels like something that, you know, actually has weight to it. It's not just this thing where, you know, that family member calls you up because they see you on television. And that's how we've been, you know, traditionally have been treated in politics because for the large, you know, for the larger part, you can count on our vote to vote in a particular direction. But at the end of the day, you know, people need some TLC. You know, you need a little massage, you need a little dinner, you know, don't just show up because you want something. And so I completely agree. I think infrastructure is important. Uh, Michael, when we're talking about these uh, these elections, uh, again, uh, if you're having to restart the wheel every time there's an election cycle, uh, it makes it more difficult. But if you are consistently engaging people, now they are involved in the process. Absolutely. And, you know, Roland, I, I, when I was on uh, Faraji Muhammad's show um, a, a couple of weeks ago, the culture here on the Black Star Media Network, I talked about this and I've said this before here on your show as well. We have to have an African-American political infrastructure that we control and finance that educates our people politically, edu educates our people on politics, how politics works, educates them on the law, et cetera, uh, so we can mobilize our people when it comes to election time. But it's something that is continuous. It's not a start and stop. The other thing is, is that for this um, uh, 2020 election cycle, these past two years, uh, th there was a, a story on MSNBC about this. Uh, the GOP has been financing in Latino communities. They've been financing these uh, welcome centers, information centers. It, they're brick-and-mortar centers in uh, various communities, and, th and they do outreach to especially the Latino community. OK, uh, they have movie nights. They educate them on uh, politics and issues and things like this. And it's not that the, the Republicans 
policies are better, but they're the ones who are making the outreach to various people in the Latino community, and sometimes they're the only ones making the outreach, okay? And, and Democrats have to do the same thing in the African-American community continuously, and also the Latino community as well. So um, this is—voting is the end of one process and the beginning of a much longer process between those two years and four years. So th this is extremely critical. Michael, I'm sorry, sorry, Matt. The only thing I would add is that I wonder how you not only continue to build that infrastructure, but how you uh, become more effective at communicating to people what the end result of these policies are and why it's so important to vote for particular candidates and particular ideas. I hear so often people say, you know, it doesn't matter. My vote doesn't matter. You know, we talk about that a lot on the show, but I think one of the things that's missing, not only uh, through a consistent push, is making information more digestible to people. And I think part of it is, look, people have to be motivated to find it. I get that. But I think one of the other problems is we're always kind of talking to ourselves. We're not talking to people who are not, you know, either politically inclined or who are going to follow uh, politics and campaigns and, and various issues. So I think we have to be better of finding a way to make people understand that voting for that local bond package is what turns into your pothole getting filled on your street. Like, once people understand that marriage of things, I think they're more inclined to be involved. And I think that has to be an integral part of that infrastructural push that you're talk talking about. <clears throat> well, well, that's why you heard me say for the longest we need to have Schoolhouse Rock 2.0 uh, or right. citizenship training classes uh, to teach folks basic civics. Uh, folks, uh, here, right. this is it, Cafe. Joining me now is uh, Harris County Commissioner, uh, former state senator, uh, Rodney Ellis. I know y'all don't recognize him because every time he's on the show, he's wearing his biking outfit uh, with, a, with a helmet and everything. So you decided to get dressed up. He was on a, he was on a Zoom with the vice president. So I guess you couldn't wear your, your biking outfit? I didn't wear my biking outfit because I was with the vice president, but you <laughs> notice I don't have my coat on rolling because I ride my bike and I eat healthy because there's an old black man I want to get older. Well, I understand. I understand. But like I say, y'all, I ain't seen him dressed up in a long time. <laughs> I'm dressed up now because, hey, they after the woman carrying the ball. They after my judge, you know, it's the slim margin, three, two, three Democrats, two Republicans. So we fighting like hell to hold on till all your listeners send some money to Lena Hidalgo's campaign. Do you hear that? I'm not even asking for any money to my campaign. Send that money to her campaign. <laughs> The, the, the point you're making there, explain to folk again um, who, again, so much attention is always on D.C. and then on state capitals, uh, the difference between having a 3-2 Democratic majority on the Harris County Commissioner's Court as opposed to what has been the case well, for a long time in this county, Republicans were running it. It's a five-person governing board. These are the largest precincts. Four of us represent precincts. The judge is the chair. She's countywide. Total budget. $400 million dollars uh, that each commission. No, I'm talking about the total budget of the county. Total budget's about $2.5 billion. There you go. If you count everything we control, it's about $5 billion. Five, you you count so, the hospital district, everything that we control, the five of us control, it's about $5 billion. And and, and, and again, the reason, I, the reason I wanted folks to understand that, because I'm always trying to say, if you ain't having a money conversation, you're not having an American conversation. It is about the money. You know, 90% of what happens in any public office comes to the money. The rest of it's important, but a lot of that is poetry. Now, policies are important on how you implement the money. But look, this is a big county. This county, Harris County, only two counties larger. That's Cook County, Chicago, and Los Angeles County. So this county is larger than 25 states in America. So think about it this way. 
More people live in Harris County than all my friends in Louisiana. More people live in Harris County than all our friends in New Mexico. More people in this county than in the entire state of Arkansas. More people in this county than the entire state of Oklahoma. So that's big and it's massive. And it had been run, the largest county in the state had been run for Republicans for a very long time. When Democrats ran it, they were pretty much Dick, Dixiecrats. It was so long ago. So when I came on this board, I was the only Democrat, only person of color six years ago. Two years later, because they had some great candidates running, no doubt about it, and also because Beto O'Rourke was running for the United States Senate and raised about $80 million, spent a good portion of that in Harris County. Because in a lot of ways, as this county goes, the state goes. So that's extremely important. Thank God Beto is running again. He's doing well in the polls. He's still working. As though you wouldn't think he's a couple of points behind. You know, only poll that matters is on election day. See, this is this is one of the things that um, um, I, I, I also explain to folks. Because I've had people say, okay, Beto lost for the United States Senate, um, ran for president, uh, didn't do well. Uh, why is he running for governor? Uh, he's going to lose again. What folks don't understand is you don't rebuild something overnight. You don't rebuild infrastructure. Uh, there were a lot of people who thought after the 2008 Democratic primary uh, that was hotly contested between uh, Senator Obama and uh, Senator Hillary Clinton that, that oh, that you, you're going to see some advances here. Frankly, it didn't happen. Uh, and in many ways, what he has been able to do with those runs is somewhat similar to what Stacey Abrams in the New Georgia Voter Project did there. That is really begin to, re to connect the dots and all of a sudden begin to make advancements because there were a number of people on the, on the local level. Yes, he didn't win for U.S. Senate, but there were people who were down ballot who did win because of that turnout. We in Texas owe Beto O'Rourke a tremendous debt of gratitude for what he did. But let me tell you, first of all, Beto and Stacey are running to win now. Right. Look, I've been no, no. Putting, on, putting my name on the back for 39 years. Hell, nobody goes through this just to help others. Right, right. I mean, but, you know, look back. But, but, but the point is they're running to win. Oh, he put us but, in. But, 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 but the point I need people to understand is that, one, you have to run folk because when you run folk, because a lot of times Democrats just stop running people. Yeah. You have to run people because part of running is also mobilizing you, and organizing. You can't be a national party if you don't have somebody at the top of the ballot. Now, maybe you can skip a few. You got me? But let me tell you, look, by the way, Stacey Abrams put Warnock in the United States Senate. If she had decided to run for the United States Senate last go around instead of running for governor, she probably would have won that seat. So, Beto, you look back this way. You were, you were in college then, I think, when Ann Richards ran. Mm -hmm. Who really thought Ann Richards was going to win? If it was clear that Obama was going to run, hell, everybody would have been running. I mean, who really thought... Well, you got that an African American would be president. Well, you got to understand. My parents were on a campaign when Kathy Whitmer became the first female mayor of Houston. Yeah. So yeah. I remember that. Oh yeah. And so when, when you're groundbreaking, when you are a first, most people don't see it coming. But let me tell you, Beto has a Robert Kennedy persona. About he's a unique human being. You know, so is Stacey Abrams. Most people could not galvanize that kind of support, and he's got a shot. Let me tell you, the way he's working, back in Houston today, going to Austin, coming back tomorrow, I mean, he's going to work until the very end, as was the case with Ann Richards. So you heard me talk about uh, what needs to happen for African Americans, and I fundamentally believe this, that there has to be, the day the election is over, 
there's no stopping because you have to maintain the mobilization in the organization uh, because, again, the polling data – uh, that was revealed in the survey uh, from, um, from 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 uh, the Black Census Project uh, is that many of those voters said I didn't hear from anybody. Uh, the, the call stopped, the texting stopped, and they weren't aware of a lot of things that actually got passed. But then were informed, were like, "Oh, we we'll agree with all of that," and so that to me, uh, I think, has to happen because we're in this thing every day. We we live and breathe, yeah. but it's a bunch of folks who don't. And if, and if if we're not creating an apparatus that's teaching, that's constantly putting information out, then we're going to have a bunch of people walking around who are saying, y'all Democrats ain't done nothing. You didn't accomplish nothing. You did nothing for black people. I'm wasting my vote. Well, Roland, I want to make this point. It's important for us as African-Americans to start financing some of these campaigns. Yeah, yeah. You got me? I've been doing this since uh, being a kid. Since I was in high school, I've been working in campaigns. Had my name on the ballot at, at, since 1983. And let me tell you, it's difficult to both govern and keep coming up with the resources. I do a lot, more than most, out of my office to make sure I educate people on what's going on. And I try to use technology. You've done that with your career. You try to use technology as best you can. But look, some of the burden is on us. I got a lot of people right now who are upset because they don't see us as much as they'd like to see us. People tell me, you told me my family pretty nice people. I'd like to get to know them. You got me? It's tough to go do that. Right. Some of that responsibility is on us. Yeah. And young people can use social media. You know, instead of TikToking about your latest song, won't you TikTok about some of these issues that matter? So don't just put it all on people who are in elective office. We will never have the money. Right. In Lena's race, can you imagine? I put the figure at at least $12 million on independent money. Her opponent has raised more money than all but one person running for governor in the last 90 days. Governor of a state with 30 million people. The county has 4.8 million people in it. So we will never have the resources to have on the other side. And with Citizens United, the unprecedented amount of money you can put in. So we do with shoe leather, but we also rely on word of mouth. We rely on the media. In a lot of ways, a lot of folks in the black media don't crusade, my friend, the way you do. Sometimes you buy ad, and they'll kind of, you can hear crickets mm-hmm. on some of these issues that matter. I see it all the time. Well, I think part, I think part of that is because um, in King's book, Where We Go From Here, Chaos or Community, uh, he actually said there were four institutions that are prime position to liberate black people. The Negro church, the Negro press, Negro fraternities and sororities, and Negro professional organizations. But specifically about the Negro press, what he says is, he said the Negro press needs to maintain its militancy. Yes. He said, uh, as advocates on issues. And one of the things that I am consistently saying to political campaigns uh, is that uh, what often happens is, and trust me, I've gotten those phone calls. They want us to do things for free. You take Sinclair, conservative-leaning Sinclair. Sinclair is going to pocket $340 million in political ads alone this year. That's just political ads. And so their budgets for 2023 are already set based on their political ads in 2022. And so when when we then, then black-owned media, don't get – those ads don't get those resources, but folks want me. I mean, I've gotten calls. They wanted me to come to Texas, Michigan, um, uh, Florida, uh, like five states. And I go, y'all, it's only eight days left. 
uh, you know, and, and we have been you know, we were telling folks for six six months we're here, and I keep saying, and like like one, once one group called me and they were like, well, you know, what is it going to take? I said, you know, I said I don't care about myself. I said, there's staff, we got equipment, we got we, 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 it's walk, expensive. You walk this whole thing. I'm like, yeah. I said, you know, a broadcast is actual a broadcast. We ain't holding the iPhone up. You know, and I had to walk. I mean, these folks through, and they were so like, "Well, but 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 you can't do it." I'm like, what? "Like it's such." And a then catch. I tell them, I said, "I got ten people in the control room oh, back yeah. at the office." I get it, I get it. Roland, <laughs> it's a big issue. But let me tell you, in the tradition of Ida Wells, can you imagine how much money she could have made if she'd sold her soul? Of course. Remember her. Remember her. Her build. The reason there's no copy of her newspaper today because the building got firebombed. Yeah, yeah. But look, it's sort of like right. sometimes I think about you know, and you've watched my career over the years. I mean, the progressive issues that I fight for. Do you imagine how much somebody would pay me to go argue the other side? Oh, of course. Oh, it, it, if I had hair and I just combed my hair up the wrong side oh, of my head and start. <laughs> I, I won't call look, names out, but look, you know you don't talk about the handkerchiefs. Look, look, if I, I put I, that I, handkerchief look, on my I, head, you I, imagine I, I, look, you got me? If I and with you, if I chose to be, if I chose to be like Larry Elder, I'll have a hundred million in the Yeah. So my, my, my point stuff, is, you are in the tradition of Ida Wells. You got me? It's the tradition. You think of how many of our churches? I saw Bishop Dixon walk when I walked in earlier. Sometimes I walked, I was in, in my biking gear. Yes, my pastor now. I'm, I got to get saved, man, at my age. I show up in there, and he was giving a sermon one day, and he was going on and on. He said, you know, this church would be full if I was running an entertainment ministry. You got me? But he's running a ministry based on issues that matter. Right. You know, hey, most Sundays, Martin Luther King's church was not full. I mean, you know, hey, now we know in history, when he got real aggressive and started using kids— because his boycott efforts were losing the middle class. Organized by James Bevel. Stock. Yeah, yeah. And Bevel had argued with him for years to do it. Finally, when he did it, it made a difference. Right. You know, so look, my point I'm making is we will never have the money. In a lot of ways, the reaction to Biden and Harris winning was because people were fed up of Trump. Well, Trump, all those issues on the ballot again now. Right. So right here in my county. Now, now there are 340 Trumps who are on the ballot. Look. Do you think after that, after that George Floyd deal, these people weren't mad and they were sitting back waiting? Why do you think even when crime stats are down in this city, in many cities around this country, they were plotting and scheming? Ohio, they were angry. Well, that's why I had to. Uh... So we got to hope your viewers, our followner, mm. followers are thinking beyond it. Oh, yeah. And if not, then you're not going to be just fine. Well, that's why I had to uh, do a rebuttal to Ed Young's uh, sermon on MLK, uh, how he praised MLK, but it really was a sermon where he was taking a shot at Black Lives Matter oh, yeah. and woke folk. Uh, and so uh, I, had, I had a few words for Ed. Uh, I might swing by his church. If I, if I was staying, I might swing by on Sunday. I, hey, the first, you, the first lady will be here. We'll be, going to, we'll be going to some black churches. Swing Now, let's swing by after the election. In particular, if we win oh, I, and put our hands up and say, Lord, forgive him. I, but he knew what he was uh, doing. If, if, if I roll up his church, I don't know. I might put my hands up or put lay my hands on. Well, you can't, you I, can't get bail around here now. <laughs> that, 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 that ain't the problem. I got enough bail money. It's all good. Roland, I appreciate your leadership. Mitch, I appreciate it. Just get, you, just get all our folks to vote. Thanks for coming. That's why we appreciate it. Thanks Love a bunch. Love you, brother. All right. Thanks a bunch, folks. Got to go to break. Uh, we're here. This is it Cafe here in Houston. Uh, last day of early voting uh, and uh, polls close here in 47 minutes. And if you 
you're in line, you can stay in line. You don't have to like leave. So if you're in line, uh, stay in line. If you are in Texas uh, voting early. All right, folks, we'll be back on Roller Mark Unfiltered on the Black Star Network. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Know your rights before you vote. If you have any questions or a problem voting, call or text 1-866-OUR-VOTE. For more information, call or text 1-866-OUR-VOTE. When we invest in ourselves, we're investing in what's next for all of us. Growing. Creating. Making moves that move us all forward. Together, we are Black Beyond Measure. I am Letitia Hill Gadet, owner of Adendorf Laboratories. In America, our freedom of speech and the right to peacefully protest is a wonderful thing, but faith without works is dead. Will you take souls to the polls? If you don't vote, all of your activities were done in vain. I am an ordained minister, a presiding elder in the AME Zion Church, a wife, a mother. I am spending my time and my resources to encourage you to vote. Paid for by Adendorf Laboratories. We've got to stand up. Republicans are banning abortion rights, tearing down democracy, blocking progress. But when Democrats stand together, we win. Because we voted, Democrats stood up for black lives, voting to ban police chokeholds, stood up for black women, putting one on the Supreme Court, stood up for our families, lowering cost of health care and prescriptions and capping insulin, and stood up for millions by slashing student debt. This November, let's stand up together and keep making progress. Hello, everyone. It's Kiara Sheard. Hey, I'm Taj. I'm Coco. And I'm Lily. And we're SWV. What's up, y'all? It's Ryan Destiny, and you're watching Roland Martin Unfiltered. Folks, Joel Hudson has been missing from Gary, Indiana since October 18th. The 16-year-old is 5 feet 10 inches tall, weighs 140 pounds with black hair and brown eyes. Anyone with information about Joel Hudson uh, should call the Gary, Indiana Police Department uh, at 219-219-881-1214-219-881-1214. All right, folks, uh, we're back here. Uh, this is a cafe here in Houston. Uh, and, of course, uh, judicial races are important. I keep telling you all. Uh, we talk about down ballot all the time, not just the top of the ticket, but district attorney's races, uh, judicial races, uh, land commissioner, railroad commission. Uh, we can go on and on and on. Uh, and there are hotly contested judicial races here uh, in Harris County. Uh, Republicans are angry uh, because, uh, as you heard earlier, uh, back in 2018, when you get a significant number of uh, black judges who won, Latino judges who won. And so uh, they have been uh, partnering with law enforcement, with police unions running these prosecutors because they are against they're against bail reform and all of that. They're against bail reform and all all of that. So uh, right now we want to talk to uh, a couple of uh, uh, folks. Judge, uh, is it uh, uh, Collier? Judge Collier, how you doing? Good. And then you? Judge LaShawn, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? All right, then. So for a person sitting out there, for a person who's sitting out there, uh, again, they go to vote and they see all these folks running for judge. And we talk about mass incarceration. 
And folks are always trying to say what bill can we get passed here and here and here. But really, the two individuals that play the biggest role in dealing with mass incarceration is that DA and the judge. Talk about that. Well, there's another party, too. Um, there's the DA. The judge is there to call strikes, right, and um, balls and to follow the law. Uh, the district attorney is the one bringing the charges. Right. Right. And so when you're talking about mass mass uh, incarceration, the judge is doing sentencing based on what's presented. The judge is not the person ultimately making the decision unless someone asks the judge to do the sentencing. And at this level, state level, that's not what they're that's not what they're doing. Um, so. In a way, what you're saying is right. Um, we're civil judges. I am a uh, Harris County Civil Court at Law Judge, LaShawn A. Williams. I'm on the ballot, and I'll let Ravia introduce herself. So I I'm glad you asked the question because it's, it's an important one, and it's an important distinction um, because Judge Williams touched on something that's really important, and we want to emphasize to the community that when the face of the judiciary changed in 2018, there was something that was revolutionary that happened in the courthouse, and that applied to judicial discretion. And that's where it's so important that we elect judges that are from the community. So some of the things that we've worked on at the courthouse within the judiciary on the local level is including an implicit bias jury instruction. And so when Judge Williams is talking about a jury that ultimately decides certain things, the, the role of the judge is to make sure that the case is tried in accordance with the law, to make sure that prejudice and bias don't come into the trial. And so this is revolutionary in Harris County because judges weren't doing this before 2018. We weren't talking about bias. We weren't instructing our juries that you can't let this come in. And although we are civil judges, this is something that we've done and we've made sure that the Harris County Judiciary is taking very seriously. And, 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 and that's what I mean by that, because, again, the, the, the average person, the voter out there, we're talking about the legal system. Yes, there's a it's engraved in stone above the Supreme Court, equal justice under law. But we also know that's a fallacy. Right. And so when you are changing the people who are part of the legal apparatus, who also who are bringing to bear a different viewpoint, as opposed to, let's just be honest, a white male, largely conservative viewpoint, then you tend to have different outcomes. Exactly. And one of the things Judge Collier is talking about when she talks about the implicit bias um, that we vet out during the jury selection part is we actually took the Chauvin instructions from the George Floyd um, um, trial. I know her court, my court, gives those instructions. They were they were. And again, that doesn't happen unless you have Keith Ellison, who is the attorney general, because the Hennepin County District Attorney was going to have a different sort of uh, well, pros prosecution go. focus. And so and then he brings in a special prosecutor. And so and again, that doesn't happen unless he's the attorney general. And you have people of color such as Judge Collier and myself, who have relatable life experiences. So when the parties are before us, we see differently. We think differently. We know what it means when you're standing in front of us and you give us a story about why you're in the situation that you're in. We understand because we have those relatable life experiences, and we do that every day in court. And so it's changed the face of the judiciary, and that's what's at stake right now, Roland, because if you, if you don't know, you, you will know you will be whitewashing the judicial system and taking us back 
to what it was before women and men of color took the bench, whitewashing all white males with, again, that same unrelatable disrespect. Um, you're just a number, mm -hmm. all of those things. And so you don't you don't want that. That's what's at stake here when, when you talk about the judiciary. So I was as we were preparing, we were setting everything up. I, there was a radio commercial that was playing uh, one of the black radio stations. Uh, and it was uh, a Latina woman talking about some case. And all of a sudden uh, it's at the end, it says vote against all Democratic judges. Uh, and so they're angry about cash bail. They're ang they, they, and, and they're assigning that all around the country as, oh, this is the reason why, uh, they, you know, they're, they're there's a crime surge all across this country. But those of us who are in Texas know if you don't have that, Sandra Bland likely is still living. Yeah. That's why she was stuck in jail over the weekend in Prairie View, just 50, 50 minutes from here, uh, because of uh, this, this bail system. And, and then this assigning of uh, all these problems tied to that is, uh, is actually absolutely nonsense because it's folks not want to take into account how this system is stacked against. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Frankly, poor people. Well, we're proud of the work our misdemeanor judges are doing. And as you know, the bail reform, that case was all about what was happening in misdemeanor courts. And a federal judge found that what was happening with bail was unconstitutional. And it was our misdemeanor court judges that came in with us that settled that lawsuit and did the bail reform. And so you shouldn't be locked up on a trespass or some vandalism and you can't afford the bail. And so you're locked up um, unfairly until you can come with the money. Which also costs taxpayers far more money. I, I also want to make sure that we highlight the work that's being done by the judiciary, because I think that that's significant when you talk about public safety. So the judge's role is to make sure that our constitutional rights are upheld in the courtroom. We follow, we make sure that the law is being followed in the courtroom. And when COVID hit and all of the other counties in the state of Texas were shutting down their courthouses and shutting down jury trials. It was Harris County that was leading the state of Texas in the highest number of in-person jury trials because we understood the importance of those that are in jail, those that are victims that are waiting for their justice, right? We understood that the system needed to continue. And so we created an operation at NRG Stadium where we would pick out juries, and we had over 600 jury trials during the peak of COVID. While everyone else in Texas was not doing the work that we were were doing. And there were no jury trials, those people who were just sitting in jail waiting. Yes. And Harris County is very unique, and this is what you don't hear in mainstream media, is that, that we were suffering from Harvey in the court system up until COVID hit. So when I was elected in 2018, two tragedies gone, two major. So when I was elected in 2018, I actually gave the court that I preside over the physical courtroom to two felony judges and every single civil district judge did the same thing. And so I did not try my first case until this year from beginning to end in the courtroom that I was elected in. And so what does that actually mean to your listeners? That means that judges in Harris County were literally going from courthouse to courthouse trying to find a place to try a case. And we still had hundreds of cases go to trial, even though we did not even have the facilities to go to trial. And I want to add, and I love that, um, because the other thing people, they want to know, well, why aren't y'all saying this in the media? When people are attacking you and they're telling these lies, why aren't you coming out and you're speaking against it? And as you probably know, as judges, uh, ethically, we can't talk about, first of all, pending cases. Secondly, we have to be very careful about cases that have even been adjudicated because we can't get in at that level. Right. How I wish we could, because we would have a whole lot to say. But guess who can? The voters. And the voters know when they hear malarkey. I'm going to use that word. They know when it's not true and it doesn't sit right. Well, guess what? They can vote. Their vote is their voice. But they can also deal with it right then and there. The information is available. We just can't be the voice. The voter is the voice for us. And so we're asking for them to come out, put all that to shame, because it's all a lie. I can say that. Judges, and especially the criminal court, they've, they've started the fresh start 
program. That pro- that program gives listeners uh, who know you've got a record, you can get that record sealed, get it expunged, because those kinds of judgments affect your, your livelihood, your credit. My court in evictions, we are getting representations for all the tenants so that they don't get a judgment against them. You can't get housing if you have a judgment against you. And so we care. Every day we're looking at the people who come in our court, and we're trying to get at the day-to-day life level. How does this affect your daily life? And so, you know, we want to ask the voters, don't be tricked. Don't be fooled. Stick with what you got. We're doing a good job. We're working hard every day. And you be our voice. Vote and show everybody exactly what you think. All right. Judge LaShawn, Judge Collier, we appreciate it. Thanks a lot. We thank you. Uh, Matt Manning, I'm going to still go back to you first. Uh, look, you're, you're an attorney. You understand what this means uh, when you change the face of uh, the, the judiciary. Uh, again, how do we get folks to understand uh, when they're going in to vote why these things matter? Because it's so important for people to understand that it has a direct effect on their life. I mean, both of those honorable judges you had there are district court judges, from my understanding, in Harris County that do just civil cases. But in the state of Texas, the district court is the primary court for trials. So anybody who's charged with a felony is going to go to trial in a district court. And just like I did yesterday to get a client on a PR bond, it's important that I was in front of a judge who not only was a former prosecutor, but who has tried cases and understands that poverty is really the biggest issue as it relates to the criminal justice system. And obviously, there's other issues, including mass incarceration. But you need judges who have been in the trenches. And ironically, I'm a treasurer for somebody running for judge right now. And that's what I've been saying for like nine months. Why would you want somebody who's never tried cases, who's never stood next to somebody to defend them, who has never prosecuted a case to sit on a bench? They don't have any idea what they're doing, and the decisions that they make are often political decisions. And judges are not supposed to be political. In fact, in Texas, we're one of the few places where they still declare uh, a party and you still have direct elections of judges. And I've been a big proponent for getting rid of that. The reason is judges shouldn't be political. They should be calling the strikes, just like Judge Williams said. And frankly, you need to make sure that whoever you put on the bench is truly qualified to be there. So having judges color, having judges of color and having judges who have been in the trenches is crucially important because they are the ones who are really making the decisions as to whether somebody is sentenced for a longer period of time, a shorter period of time, gets a rehabilitative option that they might not otherwise have. And that comes from the voters knowing who who they're voting for and what that judge is standing for. So it's crucially important. And the last thing I'll say is, you know, the district attorney is really the one who has the most power in the county. So Right now, around the states, you're seeing a lot of fights between, you know, conservative interests and progressive prosecutors, where they're trying to get progressives out of office. But if you look at the numbers, fewer people are going to prison for long periods of time, and there are more rehabilitative options. And that's ultimately what we need. We're trying to incarcerate our way out of problems that need to be fixed by other issues. And when you have district attorneys who understand that and who have actually represented people and stood next to them and understand the larger socioeconomic issues, you have better outcomes and shorter sentences and fewer people going to prison. That's why it's important to have the right people sitting on the bench. 
And that point right there, Nola, again, uh, when you lit, when you heard what those judges laid out in terms of how they have changed the system, uh, that's the kind of stuff. You, you mean, you're not having those deep dives, frankly, in mainstream media. Uh, you don't have the same local reporters as you used to in newspapers. Uh, and so all of that uh, is important for people to understand. And so when they walk in and they just see these judicial names, they're kind of like, oh, okay, I don't know who these people are. Uh, but is having a direct impact uh, on many of the folks who we know uh, love in our families, our friends, and our churches every single day. Absolutely. And this is an issue that's actually near and dear to my heart. Anytime when um, I'm teaching a uh, politics and, and law class, you know, one of the things that really stand out to the students is the issue around judges and how, you know, students will always ask, well, if it's supposed to be impartial and the politics are not supposed to be uh, part and parcel of legal decision making, why are they declaring, you know, if they're a liberal judge or a conservative judge? And, you know, that that's what one of the judges were speaking to. I think that it's a mistake to politicize the legal system, but here we are. And, you know, if we had a system where precedent or sorry decisis was actually equitable, then there wouldn't have to be judges that are thinking about making decisions that are more policy-based than more precedent-based. And the thing about it is, the truth is, the way that our legal system is set up in our country, and I'm speaking more on the federal level, thinking about Brown v. Board, if we didn't have you know, a Thurgood Marshall arguing the way that he did to contextualize the problem for the judges and for them to kind of rule on the side of policy, you know, we wouldn't be in these spaces having these conversations that we're having today because of precedent. So I think it's very important to have different opinions on the bench. I think it's very important to, um, to have people on the bench that absolutely understand uh, that can I think one of the judges used the term relatable, and, and I like that, you know, I like that idea. I like that concept. But then we run into, then we run into the same thing again. We run into, okay, are we taking relatability to, to the bench? Should that be part of a legal decision that if precedent was actually unbiased, should already have an answer for? So, you know, the long and short of it is the legal system in many ways needs to fix itself because you have to have people that are advocating for change. But the way to do that is to also kind of bring your political view to the bench, if that makes sense. So there, there's, there's a lot that, that needs to be undone and redone when, we, when we're thinking about the legal system. But one of the things that definitely needs to be taken out of it, the decision-making process, whether it be precedent, whether it be policy, is this idea of liberal and conservative judge. I think it has no place in a legal system whatsoever. Michael. You know, Roland, um, judges are extremely important. This is why uh, the Heritage Foundation and the Fairless Society presented uh, a list of uh, nominees to the federal bench to Donald Trump. He ended up getting 226 federal judges confirmed, uh, and those are lifetime appointments. Uh, when, you, when you have judges that you can vote on, uh, that's extremely important as well. Uh, in the, at, the, at the local level uh, also. And then you have um, one thing that is really important for our people to understand is that the judicial branch of the government interprets law from the legislative branch of the government. 
so at the at the local level, it could be city council. Uh, at the state level, it could be coming from the state legislature, uh, and at the federal level, it can be the federal um, the, uh, the federal court, federal court of appeals, U.S. Supreme Court. They interpret law. So everybody talks about reparations. We have a reparations bill here in the city of Detroit that's going through the process. People want reparations. That whatever reparations gets passed is going to be challenged in court. Do you want a fair judge to preside over that court case, or do you want a Trump judge to preside over that court case? So a lot of times people focus on getting a bill passed, but don't focus on being able to keep what they got when it gets challenged in court. And this is why having uh, the right type of judge in office is extremely important. Yep. Uh, indeed, indeed. All right, folks, got to go to a break. We come back. Uh, we'll talk uh, more here with folks at This Is It Cafe uh, as we, uh, again, count down just uh, under 30 minutes left for early voting here in the state of Texas before the, before the polls close. Uh, folks, if you want to support us in what we do, download the Black Star Network app. Uh, you can do it on every single device, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. You can see this show live. You can see all other five shows. You can see all of our previous content as well. All of that right there on the OTT uh, app. Uh, you can see it on your phone. You can look at it on your big screen television. It doesn't matter. That's the beauty of uh, the OTT app. You can also support us in what we do. Uh, you heard Commissioner Rodney Ellis talk about it like, look, all this ain't free. So your dollars make it possible for us to do what we do. Uh, send check of money orders to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037-0196. Cash app is sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R. Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zell, Roland at RolandSMartin.com. Roland at RolandMartinUnfiltered.com. And be sure to get your copy of my new book, White Fear, How the Brownie of America is Making White Folks Lose Their Minds. I call, I told y'all I've been talking about this for 13 years. Uh, and so read the book. What you, Everything you see happening in politics right now, you understand right there. Get it at available bookstores, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. Of course, also order through your favorite black bookstore or download your copy on Audible. I'll be right back. When we invest in ourselves, our glow, our vision, our vibe, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. Know your voting rights. If you are unsure where to vote or don't know if your polling location has changed, call or text 1-866-OUR-VOTE. For more information, call or text 1-866-OUR-VOTE. When we invest in ourselves, we all shine. Together, we are black beyond measure. We've got to stand up. Republicans are banning abortion rights, tearing down democracy, blocking progress. But when Democrats stand together, we win. Because we voted, Democrats stood up for black lives, voting to ban police chokeholds, stood up for black women, putting one on the Supreme Court, stood up for our families, lowering cost of health care and prescriptions and capping insulin, and stood up for millions by slashing student debt. This November, let's stand up together and keep making progress. This is Judge Math. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mac Wilds, and you are watching Roland Martin Unfiltered.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, folks, welcome back to This Is It Cafe here in Houston. We are here partnering with the Communication Workers of America, uh, uh, encouraging folks to get out to vote, talking with local elected officials as well uh, and uh, community activists uh, about uh, how valuable and how critically important it is when you come to the issues uh, and why we must be uh, utilizing utilizing our power. Joining us right now is Bishop James Dixon, uh, who has been involved in numerous efforts uh, here in this city uh, for a very long time. Uh, and, and, And Bishop, one of the things that for, for years, for years, um, politicians, various groups have, have focused and locked in on uh, the church community. Uh, but the reality is this voter today is different. 
Older voters obviously turn out at a much higher rate than anyone else. Younger voters uh, do not. And so, um, and, and we always know what typically happens. Uh, folk bombard our churches in the last weekend but before, uh, before elections. And what black voters are saying now is uh, that old playbook is not going to work. You're going to have to come to us in a much different way and not come to us late in the ballgame. Thank you for having me on, Roland. Thank you for being in H-Town, your hometown. We appreciate that. But you're absolutely correct. Uh, it is a new day. And the young voter is more sophisticated, the more educated, and more evaluative. And so we've got to start doing education and engagement long before election. In fact, elected officials need to do this ongoing, like whole forums in the church, right, or in the community. When you first get elected, What's your plan to keep the community connected, engaged, and informed? Because today it's about connectivity, and if you come back without ever doing that when it's election time, you treat it like you're just pimping us. And so we've got to stop that. That model doesn't work anymore. It used to be a time where, you know, a certain person endorsed you, and you can go to the black church, and all of a sudden it's, hey, man, and we go vote. That day is over because people now want to understand what exactly are your policies? What are you doing that's going to actually make a difference and an impact economically, mm-hmm. primarily, right? How How is it going to benefit me and my family, my community economically and in terms socially and educationally if you get our vote? And, and what, I, what I try to walk people through a lot is that, um, again, you can vote for a candidate. Uh, but one, if they don't win, then they can't do what they promise you to do. But then if, even if they do win, you then have to also understand that uh, they can't do it themselves. Commissioner Ellis talked about it. There are five members of the Harris County Court. Uh, you need three votes. Uh, if you've got a city council, if you've got nine votes, you need five votes. Uh, and even 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 right now, I, I see these people on social media. Uh, they're constantly telling me, oh, you know, look what happened. Democrats control the House and the Senate. Well, there are a number of bills that were passed in the House, but because it's 50-50 in the United States Senate, they died. And and, and then folks, they'll go, well, uh, uh, well, Democrats didn't do this. Well, no, they did in the House, but it dies in the Senate. And if you don't understand politics and how it works you just run around mad and upset which is why you hear folks say elect mandela bonds in wisconsin sheriff beasley in north carolina val demons in florida uh fetterman in pennsylvania uh and then of course uh make sure warnock goes back from georgia kelly in arizona hassan in new hampshire uh because all of a sudden if it's now 53 47 54 46 uh that changes the equation because you now have taken away a lot of the power that cinema and mansion had but that's understanding uh, how, how how the game works just, as opposed to just assuming, oh, that, oh, you got it, so you, sh- you should be able to get get uh, whatever we say you want. It just doesn't work that way. We need community education and civics and, and how government really works so that people will not be emotional. They'll be intellectual and understand the process. Uh, to that point, the John, L- John Lewis Voting Rights Act has not passed in the Senate, passed in the House. Uh, Congresswoman Celia Jackson Lee, just carried a bill for us on sex trafficking. And uh, and that's a huge issue in our community, yep. right? 30 plus billion dollar interest in the U.S., 150 billion dollar interest worldwide, black and brown children the most victimized. She carried that bill, it passed in the House. It now has to go to the Senate. It'll protect every school in America from trafficking. But if it can't pass the Senate, it dies in the House. And then after this midterm elections, 
uh, everything that was done before gets restarted. So, so it could have passed the House before, but guess what? Got to go again. It has has to go again, and yeah. so again. Uh, it, it, and trust me, it, it drives me crazy when I listen to some of these people out here uh, who who yell tangibles, tangibles, tangibles. But then you ask them, "Who's your state rep?" <laughs> no clue. And no clue. So it was yeah. like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, and so, and so I, I do it all the time. That's why somebody asked me. And they said, uh, "They said, man, you should run for office." I said, "I can never run for office." I said, "I probably would start with about twenty thousand votes mm-hmm. and end up with five because I would cuss out the other fifteen. Yeah, yeah. Because I like, like seriously, I like, I, I can't, I can't deal with somebody who com- comes to a politician saying, "What you can do about education?" Then you say, "You have any kids in school?" Yeah. Are you involved in the PTA? No. no. What the hell are you coming asking me for if you? You can't show up at the PTA meeting. If you can't do at your house what you're supposed to do at your house, don't come up here to the state house expecting us to fix that. You gotta you gotta teach your own kid, make sure your own kid learns, and show up at the school other than for a ball game. Now we'll go to a football game, but those PTO meetings, PTA meetings, you don't have time for that. But we gotta really reassess what is our obligation. You mentioned something too, Roland. The need for us to understand coalition building, right? If we don't support coalitions, we can't pass agendas. Right. There's got to be a policy agenda that's embraced by a coalition of elected officials. That's why it's a Boris Miles and a Rodney Ellis and a Lena Hidalgo and an Adrian Garcia and these judges, because you build coalitions around policy agendas. Then you can effect change in systems at the local, state, and federal levels. Well, that's why I mean, after the Hopwood decision here in Texas, when uh, Senator Rodney Ellis and others, they were trying to figure out, okay, how do we now deal with uh, race and admissions? Uh, and then they, they need to come up with a race-neutral way. Then that's when they came with the top 10%. Yeah. What they did was, how did they get it passed in the Texas legislature? They went to rural Texas and said, you know, y'all having the same problem we have it. Mm-hmm. Your rural students can't get into the University of Texas and Texas A&M, mm-hmm. just like black and Latino students. So they partnered with the rural folk. That's how it got passed. Right, right. And so that's, that's the whole point. Coalition. you got to figure out, if I need to get something passed, who do I align with to actually get it done? I need to figure out what, what motivates you, what motivates me. And we, we, you know, we often talk about voting for a person. Voting for an individual is good. But if you're not voting for the coalition, you're not voting for an agenda. You're voting for a, a, one, a one-off hero, and no hero or hero can change policy in and of themselves. I don't care how charismatic they are. You've got to decide what coalition are we in alignment with. But you mentioned something else about the church, Roland, and I want to kind of get back to that. Because I, I believe one of the other differences we face today, the black church in many ways have really <laughs> – We've lost our way, right? We were a battleship. Again, I go back to but we, I go back to those four the four those, institutions MLK said. Yes. He said that a prime position to liberate black people. He said the Negro church, the Negro press, Negro fraternities and sororities, and, and Negro professional and business organizations. Absolutely. And he said all four have never fully committed themselves to the true liberation of black people. Never have. Never have. And I want to say this, the, the, the black church, after... Everything God has ever done for black people has been done through faith. That, that's just his history, right? And when we think about the black church, the black church was our battleship, but the black church now has become our cruise ship. Ooh. Okay. And, and, and so what we have now is we got cruise ship captains. That'll preach. 
You feel what I'm saying? We got cruise ship captains rather than battleship captains. And a cruise ship captain plans entertainment. He, he makes money. The owner of the boat gets paid. The people on the boat have a good time that they're willing to pay for. But nobody gets empowered. Mm -hmm. Battleship and, and cruise ships steer away from voter suppression and protest and, and, and advocacy, right? But battleships are built for war. And so the battleship captain is looking, where is the trouble? Like, where the problem at? The problem is in, in the jails. The battleship goes there. The problem is in the schools. The battleship goes there. The problem is in the state house. The battleship goes there. We can't get cruise ships to show up. But it's easy to build a cruise ship when you got a cruise ship market. And so we got black folk now who will take their money to a cruise ship until they get in trouble. And then they'll call a battleship, can you come get my son out of trouble? And then they take that bus right back to the cruise ship and give the money. So when I look at your show, because I watch you, right, I'm saying, I know, I feel your pain. You are a battleship in media, right? You got a platform. You, you go to war every day for mm -hmm. our community. Why can't you raise money? Because cruise ship-minded Negroes and others won't advocate for a show like yours mm -hmm. because they want to be entertained. Now, they'll watch entertainment all day and night. Right. But they won't watch you. They're not raising their kids to watch you because they're raising some more cruise ship kids right behind them. But as you said, except when they get in trouble. Except when they get in trouble. Oh, I, I got the emails. Then I got gonna, the emails and, 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 and blowing me up. Hey, I, I need to hire a lawyer or my son was wrongfully convicted. Hey, roll or on. My, oh, hey, roll oh. on. I can hear him <laughs> but right wait a minute, and, and, but, but, and then, but, but, but the politicians, too. Yeah, I, I, See, I know I hear you. But trust me, when, when all of a sudden, hey, this is happening, this is happening, and then I turn around and go, uh, now you do know the federal government is spending a billion dollars a year on advertising, but black-owned media is getting $51 million. See? Where you at? Where you at? Where you at? And I'm like, and I said, I said, I said, guys, I said, those are real numbers. In the advertising industry, the advertising industry spends, is going to spend $322 billion, billion. this yes, year, and black-owned black media gets 0.5% of the $322 billion. Now, and so wow. when, that's why when every time there's a there's a there's a there's a cabinet secretary that comes on my show, mm -hmm. um, when I did uh, trans transportation secretary Pete Buttigieg, uh, he was he knew I was going to ask about the advertising contract. Yeah, yeah. And when the commerce secretary come, I said, "Who controls your advertising contract?" When HHS, I said. Make sure y'all spend it. Look, one of the first things I did when Biden was elected was meet with Susan Rice. I'm like, since you over race and equity, let's explain to you what the whole deal is. And so, and then I got to walk folk through because, again, their whole deal is, well, man, can you come here and here and here and cover this stuff? And I'm like, okay, you don't fly for, for free. free. Yeah. I see, and so then I walked them through that. Yeah. But then, and but then I got handkerchief head Negroes who then go, well, I don't know uh, how dare you take this Democratic money. You've been a shield political ads, and I'm like, but Sinclair got 340 million political ads. I heart cumulus. All the other media companies getting advertising money. Oh, but y'all saying yeah. black media can't. You're supposed to do it for free out of the goodness of your heart because you're a brother. And I, I'm, I'm saying that's because people don't understand that the battleship takes money, takes money to operate. Right, like, like right here. Like some dude put on YouTube, you know, on our chat, he goes, Roland always after the bag. Well, you need the bag to stay in business. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. I mean, hold on. I mean it, this the real Bible simple. says money answers all things. 
That's what the Bible says that. Money answers all things. It's amazing that we don't mind seeing others prosper in their craft. You shouldn't just have to survive to do this, right? You got children and, and all that, too. But here's my point. But also, we want to we wanna be in a situation where we have 100 staffers. See, see, I, oh, you can do more. Right. And because bottom line, imagine, imagine, and look, I already have a blueprint. Uh, imagine, and I've walked people through this. Imagine if if we're if we if ten million dollars is coming in on an annual basis. Now all of a sudden we go from fifteen people to fifty, 50. people. Now all of a sudden I have people who are actually located in five cities. So when something moves in Atlanta, you can, Chicago, they're already there. We can live stream. We can do all of that. We have folks who are writing stories. Now all of a sudden, then when these things are happening, we're not, oh, hey, 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 MSNBC, could y'all please, you know, come cover us. No. I'm like, no, we're not asking anyone now. Now we're building capacity. That's how it is. Which is so when I walk folks through, because we had a whole segment called "Where's Our Money," ninety-five. I watch you. Oh, I know. I, I got can you. preach your sermon <laughs> because I, I, listen. No, I, no, 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 no. But but it's all connected. Yeah. When if you're unable to drive the revenue, oh, you can't cover, you can't travel, you can't advance the stories, and then folks say, "Well, why is it we didn't know?" Because you're watching CNN. Who got? Who gets a? Who gets a billion in profit? And they're not gonna tell you. Fox News gets 1.8 billion in profit. Mm -hmm. MSNBC is doing 700 million in profit, mm -hmm. and you don't have a single black-owned media uh, entity. And even of the ones that are largest, S is not. Don't do what we do. No, no, no. Urban One don't do what we do. No. Black Enterprise don't do what we do. Black don't do what we do. There's no other black-owned media outlet that does what we do, broadcasting shows on location, covering marches, covering rallies, covering stories, and I'm going, but to your point, but we will cover entertainment. Listen, we will make sure Negroes know how to look good, smell good, sound good, feel good, but that's entertainment. That's not empowerment. And, and, and people need to understand the difference in that, right? And I was I mean, here's my question because I, I I listened to your whole deal about the, the media and the budgets and then I did research after that because I said the point the man is making people are still missing it if we don't see to it that we leverage our collective spending power and voting power mm -hmm. to make sure we've got independent black media there you go we'll never have an independent black message no all right so 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 everybody else has that message right yeah that that's why that movement was able to garner what it garnered to stampede the, the capital. Yeah. Because they have messages every day. Oh, the billion, the, the conservative billionaires. So you take, you take uh, Prager, Dennis Prager, Prager, Prager U. Yep. They, their C capital was, it's uh, two conservative billionaires in, in uh, Wiley, Texas. Mm -hmm. They gave them $7 million to start. To start. They raised $22 million their first year, $25 million their second wow. year. The New York Times does this huge article on them saying by their second year they hit a billion views. Now, mind you, okay, hmm. by year two they hit a billion views. They were funded $47 million in two years. Wow. Okay? Wow. So now you take the Daily Signal, mm -hmm. the Daily Wire, the Daily Caller. You take Breitbart. 
You take Steve Bannon's operations, Alex Jones' operations. You can go all, all, all. So what you have is you have an entire media ecosystem mm-hmm. that's all that's alternative. Mm-hmm. But then conservative took the same money and they bought. They took Salem Radio. So all of the Christian radio stations, they got, them. They got that. Then they bought Sinclair. Mm-hmm. They got they're that. Mm-hmm. Then they're buying other station groups. So now, so then you take, so then, so Fox News is is the the, the Death Star. Mm-hmm. They basically send the signal out and then drives everything else. So that's why now, if you are a Republican and you're running in Wisconsin, you don't worry about uh, mainstream because you hit every single one of those conservative radio talk shows, podcasts, and the digital operations, and that's what you're doing. On the on the on the liberal progressive side, mm-hmm. they actually fund entertainment. You they, they they got animation and entertainment. When Air America Radio launched, I, they, I actually flew up to New York interview with them, and they had comedy writers. And I was sitting in the interview, and I was like, "What? Why are we talking about comedy? I thought y'all launching this to compete against Rush Limbaugh." And their answer was, "Yeah, but we got to make folks laugh." I'm like, "No, you don't." I'm like, "What are y'all doing?" And I was sitting, and, and, and they literally said, hey, well, the reason we didn't hire you, because we didn't think you could be funny. First of all, everybody watch my show know I'm funny, yeah. but I ain't trying to joke all doggone day. Roland, but that's, that, that takes us back to our history, right? That the, all we need is a song and a dance and a joke. And they're still treating us like that, and we keep buying into it. That's why what you're saying right now is so necessary. They have no, they have, and, 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 and again, and, and, this, and this is what I've said to just to, again, to, var- to various groups to understand how, first of all, when you know how to do this. Yep. When you know how to do this here. So we'll do, we'll, we'll do, we'll probably end up doing um, 2.75 million in revenue this year. We should have done 2 million in political advertising alone. Alone. Mm-hmm. Will only do 187. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. We should Grace. on a, the the low end. We should have did 500. Yeah, that's on the low. That's 25 percent of what we should have gotten. Yeah, we'll end up doing 187 but, total. But but now people expect you to operate. Right, right, absolutely. Like you got the full absolutely deal. So and, now, so imagine now, yeah, imagine exactly. now. And again, this is I, I, and, I, and I purposely try to walk the audience through this. Yeah, so they can understand. Um, how you're now able uh, to build this. So we've got this show, five other shows, three shows in development. Uh, we signed a deal, so we'll be launching the 24-hour streaming channel. Now, what folk don't understand is I'm already worried mm-hmm. about how's everybody get paid in 2023. You're making, you're making brick without straw. Like, I'm, like, people don't understand. I'm literally sitting here going, yeah. okay, all right, no, I'm not spending two hundred dollars on that because wh- how much I'm going to need in April? I'm already there. there. I'm already there in terms of okay, this pending recession. What's going to happen to advertisers? And so now, all of a sudden, so imagine if imagine if all of a sudden it's all right, um, you get a total allocation. Let's say someone comes at two or three million or five million, and you you, you got a major sponsor. Now all of a sudden you can breathe. Now you can now build out. Yeah. Now all of a sudden. You're now saying now I can play a I can play on a larger field. field yeah. Now all of a sudden we can broadcast from more places. We can now market more. We can now build more, and now we can drive messaging. What the what the what the right is doing is that they're using media mm-hmm. 
to drive message. messaging. Absolutely. And so now all of a sudden. And on that Christian and on Christian TV. Go back to yeah, that. Please, the same please thing. go back to so, that. So, again, it's messaging. Roland, so, Roland, please, don't, I don't want you to miss this. Because you talked about day studies of the show. Yes. Talk about let's, Christian media on the conservative side driving the same messaging. Yes. That comes from Fox. Yes. And they're validating it with a Bible. Absolutely. And and so, and that's why, that's why when we started this, I purposely didn't do a subscription because a lot of our people couldn't afford it. Yeah. And so I said, no, we're going to keep it open. And I've and look, there are people who say, Roland, all I can give is a dollar. I'm like, your dollar is important as that person who gave 5000 but what I walk them through, and that's why, like, every month I say, y'all, we got to get 2,000 people who can give 50 bucks each. It's 100,000 for the month because the monthly expenses are 172. Wow. Okay? Yeah. So I yeah. walk them through that to understand that. So what, hap what happens today? MSNBC doesn't, uh, uh, they end uh, Tiffany Cross. Okay? Yeah. Her show's now gone. Gone. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, again, but, but remember, it's their network. See, the yep. only person who can cancel me is God. Yeah. Talk, Doc. That's it. That's that, it. That's it. There's nobody but me but God. Talk, so what people have to understand, and I try to get them through this, black people have not gotten to this point in our history if it wasn't for a Chicago Defender, Houston Defender, Atlanta Daily World, Ebony Jet, on and on and on. But black people supported those institutions. Those so if we didn't have those independent black media yes, sources still. not covering our stories, yes. not elevating our people. MLK was in everything before people knew about him nationally. Then you don't have a black civil rights movement. At all. So the problem now is, mm -hmm. the problem we have now is, we are hoping and begging that white media we'll do what? covers us, and we are praying, will they show up? As opposed to saying, okay, if y'all don't show up, fine. Black we media shows up people. to drive our messaging. Listen, I was talking to Dr. Amos Brown a couple of weeks ago on the phone, yeah. and I asked him a question. I said, Dr. Amos Brown passed a second Baptist in, in, in Oakland, I mean, a, a, a real father in the movement, mm -hmm. and uh, Kamala Harris's pastor. NAACP board member? All that. Global. So I said, Dr. Brown, how did you get started in the movement? He said, I was a kid. When the Jet magazine was circulated, Emmett Till's picture on the cover, and it made me so angry. He's like 12 years old. I was so angry, I went around a corner to the NACP office where Mega Evers was the president. And I said to him, I'm angry. I was so mad. And Mega Evers said to me, don't just be mad, do something. But here's how that happened. Here's how that happened. Yes. Y'all go see the movie Till. You, it's a You'll scene it. in the movie. Mamie Till walks, Mamie Mobley walks out of the funeral home. And, and says she what? says, you, come with me. Yes. It was a black photographer. Yes. The black photographer goes in and she says, shoot my baby. Take the picture. The photo runs on the cover of Jet, yep. also on the cover of the Chicago Defender. Mm -hmm. Okay. What the movie doesn't also portray is that it was reporters from the Tri-State Defender and the Chicago Defender who cha who tracked down um, witnesses and secretly drove them into town to testify. Wow. Black newspapers, black newspapers did, that. did that. That's who did that. Okay? Wow. So if you don't have black media... You don't get... That, that, that you don't that get was Brown. So that's why... when I So when I ran Chicago Defender, when they exhumed his body, I put his... 
I put his autopsy. I, got chills. I put his photo back on the cover so this generation could see that image. I got chills. Look, man. That's, that's why it might happen. You gotta have like, me, hold black on. media. You gotta have no, 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 no black owned um, media. No, no, you're, you're not, not black targeted. No, no. When I say black media. I mean black on. Because see, because see, what happens is black targeted media yes, yes. has gotten more of the dollars than black on. We ain't deciding that. We just work there. Well, that's because it's not black media. No, if it's not black owned, it's not black media. Please hear that. If it's not black owned, it's not black media. If it's not black owned, it's not a black funeral home. Don't stop me. So, 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 so I'm saying. So, so. Amos Brown says that to Mega Evers. You know what you he go. did? He said, what can I do? There you go. And Mega Evers said, start the youth chapter for the state of Mississippi. So at 12 years old, Amos Brown starts the first statewide youth chapter for the NWCP because he sees Emmett Till's picture there you go. on Jet cover. I, I, look, this is amazing. So now when James Byrd was killed, Reverend Sharpton and I went to the funeral in Jasper, committed Don King. I was there covering it. You were there. I, I was down in Jasper. Right. But you know how many Negroes never showed up there, oh, right? Right. And uh, so we committed Don King to $100,000 for the family without asking him. Right. And uh, and then and called him afterwards. Flew to New York with the, with, with the Bird family, got that of me with Don King for the $100,000, and Emmett Till's mother met us at, at, at the dinner. Mm. and testify to the Bird family the very story you just told. And Don King said 100000 is not enough. Here's 200000 I'm trying to say what black folk can do when you own something. Right. It, it, we got to understand the power of that and understand that you never start where the others already are. Our problem is we want you to already be right. where the others already right. are. It right. doesn't work like that. You got to build something to have something. I, I, I will give you, I, I'm going to give you this last one before we go to break. Um, we didn't talk about voting yet. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Cause actually, but actually, it's all tied. Yeah. It's all tied. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so we all have seen that image uh, of uh, Bernice on the lap of Coretta Scott King at the yeah. funeral. Mm -hmm. um, Monita Sleep. When he becomes the first African-American to win a Pulitzer Prize for photography because of that photo. But here's what people don't understand. White media said no black people could be in the press pool. No black people. No black people. Um, Lerone Bennett, Ebony, Simeon Booker, Jet, go to Coretta Scott King and they say, Miss King, white media will not allow any black media in the press pool to cover MLK's funeral. Wow. In a black church. In a black church. She said, let them know that if Ebony and Jet are not in the press pool, there will be no pool. That's how Monita Sleep Got was in the pool. That's how he could shoot the photo. Wow. That iconic photo wow. that went to pull surprise because Coretta Scott King said ain't going to be no pool unless they're in, mm -hmm. which is why what I tell, what I tell politicians, black folks who work in corporate America, if you don't make it clear that black owned media is going to have a place at the table, don't do it. Don't do it. When Barbara Jordan had her funeral, 
They tried to move me. They said, White House press pool sitting here. I was like, well, I've been here since 7 a.m. They got to go around. And literally, the Secret Service agent said, no, you got to move. I said, no, nah, you might want to go talk to that brother right down there. Mm -hmm. I said, his name is DZ Cofield. Yeah, yeah. You go talk to him, yeah. and then you let me know. If I, yeah. And they were like, they looked at me, and they didn't went around. Mm -hmm. And that's the piece. A lot of our folk don't have the back of black-owned media mm -hmm. to let folks know, no, they stay. They stay. Y'all might not. You, might, right, you, might not you may not make it, yeah, but, but they're going to be in the room, absolutely. And it's, which means that for those black folks who are in corporate America, who are also in these institutions, they're going to be able to say, we better make sure there's a line item in that budget for them and not just for them. And that's why we got to only vote for people, whether they're black or brown or white, who are going to support our agenda of empowerment. That's what the coalition yeah, is cause, all cause, about. There are some white people, I can tell you right now, yeah. point blank, there are some white people who work in major companies mm -hmm. who have said, no, we are going to support Roland Martin Unfiltered. And there are some black people who have said, don't buy. Don't buy. I, I, or, or I can do a roll call. That's, that's plantation mentality. I can, or I can do a roll call. So I, so give me a white conscious person. Yes, sir. Over a, a clueless brother or sister any day. Well, what, what black folk got to understand is you're respected more by white America when do you stand for your community? When, when, when I joined the board of the Harris County Sports and Convention Corporation, NRG, I started asking questions like, where's the black minority participation? Is there, is there, is there a policy? There was no policy. We're looking to it. Research came back. Within a year, full policy, 30 plus percent participation so so, so you, you you weren't this you were not just there just to sit sit at the table and be happy no i'm there to be who i am there you go and to help improve their quality by adding black brilliance to go. their repertoire of procurement there you go which which also builds black economics absolutely bishop always good to see you doc may y'all go vote don't don't forget don't vote. always good to see you I man appreciate it. thanks a bunch right, going to a quick break we'll be back on rolling martin unfiltered the black Stud network in a moment When you talk about blackness and what happens in black culture, you're about covering these things that matter to us, uh, speaking to our issues and concerns. This is a genuine people-powered movement. There's a lot of stuff that we're not getting. You get it, and you spread the word. We wish to plead our own cause. Too long have others spoken for us. We cannot tell our own story if we can't pay for it. This is about uh, covering us. Invest in black-owned media. Your dollars matter. We don't have to keep asking them to cover our stuff. So please support us in what we do, folks. We want to hit 2,000 people, $50 this month, raise $100,000. We're behind 100000 so we want to hit that. Y'all money makes this possible. Checks and money orders go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037- 0196. The cash app is dollar sign RM Unfiltered. PayPal is R Martin Unfiltered. Venmo is RM Unfiltered. Zale is rolling at Roland S. Martin. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. 
if you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment... Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Godfrey, the funniest dude on the planet. <laughs> and you're watching... Roland Martin Unfiltered. Ow. All right, folks, welcome back. Roland Martin on the Filter of the Black Star Network. Uh, panel is there. I want them to give their final comments. Uh, here, this is, of course, uh, last time y'all will chat with us before uh, voting takes place on Tuesday. Uh, and so, Nola, uh, ma- make the case uh, for, the per- for somebody sitting out there right now uh, who is uh, undecided about going and vote. What are you, what you have to say to them? The vote is very simple. If you are undecided, think about if you want rights, think about if you want freedom, if you want to wake up in a country where freedom is actually respected. Think about if you want to wake up in a country where women do not have to worry about what they look like or what they say. Think about if you want to wake up in a world that's moving forwards and not backwards. And it's really just as as simple as that. There are people who want us to move backwards. And that means if we're moving backwards, if women's rights are um, trampled upon, that means other rights are going to be trampled upon. Affirmative action is on a chopping block. That means perhaps interracial marriage is on a chopping block. That means perhaps uh, 
integration is on the chopping block. And then we don't know how much further um, people are willing to go. So fight like your life is on the line, fight like your children's lives are on the line, and fight like your grandchildren's lives are on the line, because it really is. All right, Nola, we still appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Matt. Look, uh, they work for us. We don't work for them. And what we have to remember is that when we go to the ballot box, we tell them whether we want to keep them in that job and or who we want to replace them with. So your vote is crucially important, because if you don't go and vote, then you don't get to have a say on who's representing you. And beyond that, as we've talked before, the reason you go and vote, particularly in down-ballot races, is because if you want that pothole filled, if you want better books for your kids' school, if you want better options as it relates to government programs, you have to go and speak your voice at the, the ballot. So we need to get out of this idea that, you know, they just make decisions in some far-off land and give us what they decide to give us. It doesn't work that way. They work for us. We don't work for them. So in order for them to do the job that we need them to do, we have to tell them how we feel about the job that's being done. And we also have to tell them what we need. So make sure you know everything about local propositions, local bonds. Um, a lot of those things that seem like Greek to us, a lot of times are the most important because they'll tell you how your city is going to fund the street budget or whatever you know issue you have uh, for the next 10 years. So make sure you know what the issues are. Make sure you know who's running. Make sure you go vote. There are too many people who lost their lives for us to have the right to vote, for us to squander it. Rolling shirt is perfect. So make sure you do right by the ancestors and go exercise your vote that they fought, bled, and died for. Thanks. Michael. Well, politics is illegal distribution of scarce wealth, power, and resources, and the writing of laws, statutes, ordinances, amendments, and treaties, the adoption, interpretation, and enforcement. You don't vote for exercise, you vote for power. And when we look at what's happened in this past administration, there have been numerous policies put in place, numerous bills passed to benefit African Americans, $5.8 billion for HBCUs in 2021, a record amount of funding for HBCUs. When we look at the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan that saved the economy, that helped African Americans, whether it was stimulus checks, whether it's $46.5 billion when it came to rental assistance, whether it was uh, funding for to hire more teachers, whether it was also the uh, $4 billion in um, uh, debt forgiveness for African-American farmers, Latino farmers, et cetera. Now, white farmers sued to block that. That's going to be uh, handled in the courts. But if it was not for people like Senator Raphael Warnock, uh, who helped put that in the bill, you would not have that. You get you have the Inflation Reduction Act, you have the Emmett Till anti-lynching bill, the first anti-lynching bill in the history of this country. It took 122 years to get that. That happened under this administration. You have student loan forgiveness. 500,000 African-American families are going to be, be moved from a negative network to a positive network. It's going to wipe out the remaining student loan debt for a little more than 25% of African-Americans who hold student loans. So there's so much that's that's taking place, executive orders on policing, uh, things of this nature. So um, do your research. Once again, this document, people said they couldn't see it before. Uh, the Biden-Harris administration advances equity and opportunity for black Americans and communities across the country. Whitehouse.gov, 
is last updated June 19, 2022. It's 22 pages that walks you through step-by-step, step, shows you how it makes a direct connection between the policies from the Biden-Harris administration and how they're helping the African-American community and compare them to Republicans because they have voted against most of these policies and, and, and are trying to take us back and block more policies being put in place that are beneficial to us. Yeah. All right, then, Michael, I appreciate it. So, uh, Nola, Michael, and Matt, uh, thanks a bunch. I appreciate y'all joining us on today's show. Go vote. All right. Rolling. I appreciate it. Thanks a bunch. All right, folks, we're back here uh, at This Is It Cafe in Houston, joined now by State Senator Boris Miles here in H-Town. How you doing, Fred? What's going on, my brother? All good. All good. Good to see you. You know, I'm glad you're finally telling people the truth. You've never been filtered, my brother. For 40 oh, years no, I've been knowing you've never, never been filtered. I, I, I wasn't filtered <laughs> to elementary school. That's right. That's Trust right. me, I, I, I got in much trouble at, at Ple Clinton Park in Pleasantville. Yes, you did. So, so as a matter of fact, somebody, I was uh, talking to somebody, and uh, they said, uh, uh, so, um... I'm up with, I know it was an interview. I think I think Jamel here asked me. She said, uh, she said, you know, when did when, when did you start uh, to, to gain your voice? I was like, uh, out the womb. <laughs> I was like, I said, I said, trust me. I said, I've been checking folks for a long time. Long time so I said, this time. ain't nothing new. Ain't nothing new. Um, look, uh, Texas legislature. There are 31 state senators. Uh, two black. Two blacks. Uh, and. That's one of those things that uh, I, I'm We're all the with. smallest body of state senators in the country. Right. And I'm in and, and it's a perfect example of uh, how real estate plays a part of this. And what we're now seeing in this country, what happens in, in many of these in these in these red states, uh, in these red counties, uh, it's a whole bunch of people who they're represented by land and not actual people. That's correct. And so. The politics uh, is is changing, if you will, and, and we see it even happening, yeah, in this state, in these counties, and you have this this all this acrimony uh, against blue counties and blue cities. But I'm always trying to explain to people, yeah, but a lot of broke folk in the red areas that gets checks, they're suffering too. But yeah, they're suffering, but they're getting checks as a result of the folk in those blue areas. That's correct, and hence the reason why eight million dollars has come into this county for our county judge's seat, okay? Eight million dollars has come in from across the state and across the country to take out one little low Hispanic girl who just so happens to be a Democrat, and the things on the county commissioner's court has changed. Uh, you interviewed Senator Rodney, I mean, Commissioner Ellis here earlier. A lot of things have been put in place that they intend to reverse if we don't get out and vote. Right. Okay? This is the most important vote for black Texans in the history of Texas is this vote right now. The, the state of Texas has more black folks than any other state in the country, Roland. And all we have to do is get out and vote. You know, you were talking about plantation uh, media and, and marketing. We do the same thing right here, plantation politics. You know, we have people that come into our communities. They want our votes, but don't want to spend our votes with our black media, spend their money with our black media. They don't want to turn on our African-American uh, political machines. I'm so glad to see Claude Cummings and Trey here with CWU. Man, I don't know where black Texas would be. I don't know where black political Texas would be without Claude Cummings and Trey. Okay, it's just that doggone simple. They always come to our rescue. See, that's why they're here right now. See, that's why when I'm when I'm trying to when I'm always calling people out, I'm trying to explain to folk. Um, no, it's not. Do you have a black face in the room? Who is control of the checkbook? Of the checkbook, and it's not about just having a black face in the room. 
But the Dixon, Dixon couldn't have been any black face in the room right. at Sports Authority. But he's the wedge in the door that's going to hold the door open and allow other black the folks proper, to come on in. The proper black that's what it's, it's the proper black folks that's going to ask the questions, the hard questions. And you know what? Like you said, sometimes we're not liked by our own people, by our own. It's just that plantation mentality. You know, I know I'm not the most liked African-American elected official in Houston, but I'm one of the most effective. Right. And when you're in trouble, you're going to run to me. Right. Okay? And we're going to get it done together. Well, it's, it's all interesting. When I was talking to Bishop, I, I, I'm, first of all, folks, uh, uh, Bars asked me, he said, man, how many phones you got? You got to understand, first of all, normally I have three iPads up here and two phones, and I'm working all of them. And then folks don't, don't think when they're making comments, I'm reading their comments. Right. You know, uh, and I had someone say, brother was like, uh, uh, why Roland talking about uh, himself? Well, first of all, it's called an example. Um, it, it's called like like, like it's called it's an example. Called, like if I'm, it's called the Rolling Martin Unfiltered <laughs> David Digital Show. <laughs> and, 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 and if I'm telling you, you paid about, the cost to be the boss. And if I'm telling you about something that happened while I'm in the room, I how else you gonna get the story? But but to your point, some folk it's just it's plantation mentality, man, and we've got to shake ourselves from it. Okay, we've got to, like, like Bishop Dixon said, we got to build stuff and own stuff so we can have stuff to say about. Okay, unless you own something, unless you can, you can point to something and say, I've done that for the community. Unless you, you can show us some black folks that you've helped along the way, some young black kids that you've helped along the way. Unless you can show us a community that you've bettered in some kind of way, don't sit back and criticize us for those of us who are trying to make it better, who are trying to make it better. Most of the time, we're our worst own critics. Okay, we're our worst critics, and it's gotten to the point where we just have to be dull to it and keep keep it moving, oh, keep yeah. the faith, oh, yeah. keep it, keep the fight. Oh, I, look, I, I I have no, I have no. I, first of all, I appreciate haters because uh, it's I actually walk higher because I actually step right on top of them. Keep it moving. See, some people like say they step over them. No, I actually step on them. Uh, you know, because I ain't got, I ain't got no problem stepping on them right. because again, I'm not sweating uh, all your whining and complaining. That's that's why when we talk about this election, when we talk about uh, what has to happen, when I have these folks who yell, "Oh, you trying to be a democratic shield?" I just walk them through. Show me your five issues, and I, but you gotta tell them. I say, just give me your five issues. Give me your five issues. Matter of fact, it was a brother who came up to me last night. When we were in Tarrant County. He was working at the golf club, uh -huh. and when we started, it was a, another brother. He's like, "Man, you know that?" He said, "That's Roland Martin." Dude was like, "Man, I ain't never heard of him." <laughs> And so, no, 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 I was fine. Cause, but here's what happened. Here's what happened. I mean, that's that we started. He said he ain't never heard of me. Well, then we start doing the show, start doing all the interviews. Well, he then go Googles. Runs back. And when it was over, he said, hey, can I holler at you? I'm like, yeah. He said, man, look, I, I, he said, I don't know nothing about this voting stuff. He said, he said, I was, this is what he said. I was raised to vote on Democratic Plantation. I said, stop. I said, why are you using plantation language? He's like, I really can't tell you why. I said, so we, I said, okay. I said, I want you to use Democrat. I said, what's, what's the, give me three things you care about. And so he threw out three things. I said, okay, this is how Republicans voted on your issue, how Democrats voted on your issue. And I said, now give me three more. And, by the, and, and I just walked him through. And he's in Texas. This, this, well, democracy is at stake literally. right now. On this, this, this brother said, I, and, and I said, I said, I ain't asking you whether you're a Democrat. I said, but what do you care about? I said, so on these six issues you care about, Republicans voted against all six. I said, now how you going to vote? Brother, he said, man, he said, 
He said, I sat here and I listened to your show. I ain't never heard of you. He said, but now I have a totally different understanding of why vote matters. And that's what I'm saying, Brother Martin. This is the most important vote for black Texas that the history of Texas has ever seen. Democracy is literally at stake. Let me tell you something, man. In the state house that I serve in, in that Senate, there's only two African-Americans. The rules change as they want to. The Constitution is bended and, and twisted as they feel free. There's, everything is at stake right now, okay? And there's only two of us fighting that fight. We have our Hispanic brothers and sisters in the Senate. There's probably seven or eight of them. And together as a coalition, Bishop Disick, we still can't win none of the fights. I've been serving for 17 years now, Brother Martin. 17 years, and I've served as a double minority throughout the entire 17 years in a Democratic Party that's never been in leadership and as an African-American. And I still try my hardest to bring bacon home to the community. And let me tell you something. I wouldn't be able to do it unless I owned and had something, okay? I'm, I'm what's called a free Negro, and I tell people that all the time. I'm a free Negro. I finance my own campaigns. My campaign still owes me $650,000. And I'm proud to say that because I can tell them, kiss my ass. I will, let, I will not allow you to do this to my people, okay? I just won't. I stay in the kiss fight. I'm in the fight. Uh, thank you, brother. I stay in the fight. I'm ass in the fight. Biblical. Okay? And when people come to me, when, when, when people come and say, we need the black vote, we need the black vote, the black vote, our political machines take gasoline. Right. Gasoline, gasoline costs money. Gasoline, food. Okay, food. You know I mean? And if not for people like Claude, like we said earlier, for Claude Cummings and CWA, I don't know where we would be, brother. I just don't know. But this vote, tonight, just, the polls just closed early voting. All they have left is Tuesday. We will be out on the streets making sure that everybody is reminded this is a critical vote. It's an important vote. You have to get out and vote. The last day is Tuesday because we have a lot of state as African-Americans in the state of Texas. Indeed. Thank you for being here, brother. Appreciate it, my friend. Always thanks a bunch. All right. Thanks a bunch. Uh, folks, uh, our last guest is going to be, uh, you heard, uh, Bars. Bitch. I ain't got to introduce Claude now. Uh, 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 Bars handled all of that. Uh, we uh, we appreciate uh, I, I, uh, uh, Claude and I run each other several different times. I was here in Houston a couple of Sundays ago for a GOTV uh, rally. We were talking uh, about uh, coming back, doing something here. And he said, we're going to get you back, and we're here. So I appreciate it. Uh, Claude, let folks know your title was CWA. Well, I'm glad you're here, first of all. And you know now that my mouth and my feet move in the same direction. That's great. So my name is Claude Cummings, Jr. I'm the Vice President of the Communication Workers of America. Uh, I represent about 50,000 union members in Texas, Missouri, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Arkansas. And uh, I help fuel some of the battleships. And for the folks who don't <laughs> know GOTV. what the Communications Works of America uh, is, tell It's the labor union. The labor union, we represent a number of different um, unions across the country, very amalgamated, uh, AT&T employees, Verizon employees, state workers in the state of Texas. As a matter of fact, I'm probably elected because of the state workers. They're the largest uh, local in uh, CWA, uh, as well as the airline industry, manufacturing industry, and, and other industries. And, what, yeah. and one of the things that, I mean, our first partner for this show uh, was ASME, Lee, right. Lee Saunders, uh, right. my alpha brother, uh, and they were the first partner. Uh, if it wasn't for them, this show doesn't get launched. Right. And it was interesting that after the Janus decision, there were a lot of people who thought unions were were DOA, but the reverse has happened. Reverse happened, and we that is, more and more Americans now are saying, you know what, the hell with this 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 right to work or, or just taking everything. 
we now understand why you got to have collective bargaining. Exactly right. And one of the things that it helped unions do is start talking to their members again. There you go. And, That's and, and exactly what it did. We started working, we right. We focused members. We started working again, and it has made a difference. But if I may, I want to address just two or three go things ahead, that you have, you, you've you talked about on today, uh, especially when it comes to our get-out-the-vote effort. Uh, as of today, there have been 4.9 million uh, Texans that are voting. Right now, we're 8.8 percent of that that vote. We need to be at 11 percent at least to have a chance. I'm talking about African-American voters now. We need yeah. to be at 8.8 percent of, of the early voting. Uh, we need to be at at least 13 to 15 percent to win. If we're at 13 to 15 percent, we win. If we're uh, at 18 to 20 of the total of vote, the total vote, of the total vote in the state. If we're 18 to 20 percent of the total vote in the entire state, we win every election, including Beto. Mm. Now, think about that. Boris, Senator Miles, and some others, we have more African-Americans living in Texas now than any state in this country. And if we can get them registered and get them out to vote, we flip this state. We flip this state, we change the country. Simple as that. And so my efforts have been to work on GOTV and African-American community. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the things that happened after Citizens United, when the Supreme Court ruled that corporations of people it also did one other thing. It gave unions the ability to spend money outside of their membership base. Mm -hmm. And so since Citizens United, I have diverted a lot of the resources that I would normally give to candidates and put it into independent expenditures and on the ground. Simple as that. And that was what has made a difference in Texas and the counties that we have won. Now, remember, and your listeners need to know this, all of our large counties in Texas, we won. We're blue in Houston. We're blue in Dallas. We're blue in Austin. We're blue in San Antonio. But what has killed us, mm. and you mentioned this earlier, is that we have not been able to get the Democratic Party to have candidates in some of these smaller counties. There we have go. 254 counties in Texas. And I have been begging and I have been pleading for years. Put people in races in these small counties. Are they going to win? No. But it will give us an uptick. Right. In the total amount of votes. Because if, if, if the Republicans run it unopposed, They're running unopposed, no reason to turn out. No reason to turn out. No reason to go vote for any of the, in, any of the uh, candidates because they're not, you know, they're not running anybody. And so I made a conscious decision to start putting my money into independent expenditures and to um, GOTV programs strictly for African-American communities, for media, for media, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, you know, as well as uh, uh, newspapers, as well as radio. And that's where I invest a lot of my money. And it has made a difference. Right. Uh, the mayor of Houston would not be elected today if it not for the, for the program that I helped design and put together to drive out the African-American vote, you know, in this city. And because of, of bar senators, that's right, and others, and a lot of people in here know that, that on election night, uh, Sylvester was down. You know, by about 400, 500, we predicted 1,000 votes. But because we put money into Fort Bend, that portion that's that represented in Houston, I helped pay for that. We uh, we knocked on 450 doors, just strictly African-American GOTV, nonpartisan, mm -hmm. NAACP. And because of that, there the night go. of the election, he won by 450-some-odd votes. Mm. And so, uh, what, so what I'm saying to all of you, and I wish the Democratic Party could uh, understand this. Instead of putting money into consultants, white consultants, 
Why not put some money in the African-American community? We have been there and have been the backbone of the Democratic Party for years. And I personally am tired of our communities being taken for granted. The fact that they think that we're just going to automatically vote for uh, the, their candidates without putting any fuel Right. Know, into our GOTV programs in our communities. And so that's what I have been doing over the last uh, several election cycles. And I believe that that other unions are catching on mm-hmm. to it now. And I think the more we and, do and, that. And are you meeting with them saying. We are meeting well, with them. Right. Let, we, we, let's show you the strategy. Right. We, we are this meeting works. with them. We are meeting with them. The Teamsters have been investing in some of the programs. The plumbers have been investing in some of our programs because they get it. Right. They get it. And so I think uh, as we begin to continue to show how successful we've been with our GOTV efforts, um, and, and, and listen, I, you know, I still give the candidates, but I just don't give as much. Right. Uh, because we try to explain to them that signs don't vote, <laughs> cards don't vote, but people vote. And, also, and so that's where the investment also, should be. Uh, I right. think you want to win. And you want to win. And if, we, and if we can show you his track record. To help you win, you might want to exactly. listen to us. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. So, so that's what we have. That's what we have been doing, and we've been successful because of it. So, uh, the polls are closed now. So we we've got Tuesday now. Right. Uh, we need we need people of color. We need African American voters and and um, uh, Hispanics to get to the polls and vote. So, uh, and if we we get that uptick get, in get votes, we get that in. number again. All right. right now, we're at about eight point eight. We're at about eight point eight percent of the total, the total vote, vote for the state. We've had 4.9 million that have voted, 8.8%. We need to be around 13 to 15% in order to win, in order to win. And that's, and that's the thing that I keep telling our folks all across this country. Right. We can, black people, if we take our numbers up to 65, 70, 75%, those who are eligible, that's correct. who are registered, we can actually lock down races we all across the country. We can do that. But the it, question it, is, it, even in the South, yeah. The question is, when is the Democratic Party going to understand that? Well, when are they going to start putting money into our media and our consultants instead of all the time just having white and that's, consultants? And that's, and that's how Hillary Clinton lost. There you go. Oh, oh absolutely, absolutely, without a doubt. And that's why, to me, uh, that's why I've been telling people uh, shift the resources. That's why I've called them out by name on right. national television, and we'll keep doing so uh, because uh, we we look, we don't. We can't sit here and mess around. Right. I know. I know what the other side is trying to do. Right. We know exactly where they're trying to go, and I'm not having uh, any part of that. And so, we, so we got to keep swinging. We are, and we are. We're going to continue to swing. Claude, we appreciate it. Right. Thank, Thank you. Glad to partner with you. Coming here. back to Texas. Right. Uh, look, look, and, and we don't. We, we look. We ain't got to wait. Uh, you know, again no, for, for election year. Uh, let, let's keep doing this thing. And I, as I say all the time to folk, all the times I was in a meeting with one company, and they said, "So we would love to do something. So uh, who should we call?" I was like, uh, "I don't have no team." Right. They're like, "What do you mean?" I said, "No." I said, "I have a team." Right. I said, "I let them know what we're gonna do." I said, "But." I ain't no meeting when I leave here. <laughs> I understand. I said, I'm the meeting. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Let me say this before. I, I have to give kudos to Bishop Dixon, who's the president of the NAACP. I'm on the national board of the NAACP. I'm his first vice president. He's done such a great job in a nonpartisan way driving out to vote. And I just have to say something about Senator Miles. When uh, you're talking about a real fighter for us in the Texas Senate, this man here fights for us. There you go. He's a fighter. And his mouth and his feet move in the same direction. If he says he's going to fight to get something done, he delivers the bacon. Right. So his, thank you so much. His, his, his mouth and his feet, but his feet does not move the same direction when he swags her. <laughs> does not move.
Uh, yeah, uh, get out the vote. That's get it. Get out so, the vote. Simple as that. Folks, I appreciate it, man. Right, Thanks a lot, Thank you, folks. Uh, that is it for us. Remember, Election Day is Tuesday, not just in Texas, all across the country. Uh, y'all have heard me uh, talk about why we have to vote. What's, what's, what is at stake? Um, I was going to address uh, the issue with Tiffany Cross. I will do so on Monday's show. I'll be back in studio uh, in Washington, D.C. Hey, Talladega, uh, Alabama, I'll be there tomorrow. Your president, uh, my frat brother, Dr. Uh, Gregory Vincent. That is being uh, inaugurated uh, tomorrow. I'm emceeing his inauguration gala, so I'm leaving here in the morning, flying to Talladega, Alabama. Uh, so I'll see you guys tomorrow night and see y'all Monday uh, in the studio for Roller, Roller Martin Unfiltered. Don't forget, download the Black Star Network app, Apple phone, Android phone, Apple TV, Android TV, Roku, Amazon Fire TV, Xbox One, Samsung Smart TV. Support our show. Your dollars absolutely matter. Check in money orders. Go to P.O. Box 57196, Washington, D.C., 20037 0196 cash app dollar sign rm unfiltered paypal's r martin unfiltered venmo is rm unfiltered zale is rolling at rolling s martin.com rolling at rolling martin unfiltered.com and be sure to get a copy of my book white fear how the brownie of america is making white folks lose their minds available on all platforms all bookstores order from your favorite black bookstore uh, you can also download it from audible uh, we always end the show with the folks who give uh to our show uh and so we'll do so now folks thanks a bunch glad to be back in houston great to be in tarrant county last night I'll see y'all on Monday. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org.